Hey, this is Chuck Dixon, and you're listening to Signal of Doom. Well, you know, for me, the action is the juice. I'm in. Hello and welcome to Signal of Doom. It's Dave from the deathbed here in the swamp with Rich, the main man. Rich, how are you going? Uh, I'm I'm doing good. Uh, I suppose apologies to listeners sure. if uh, if it sounds like they're talking to Richard and like uh, Skeletor or uh, yeah, man. you know Death or something like that. So my my old friend Death has come to visit. He's been stalking me for two weeks. So essentially, just so I mean. On the Facebook page, I have updated listeners. Basically, I went to Singapore, and on the way back, I caught COVID, which I had never gotten. I I had dodged this entire fucking time, and it's just knocked me out completely. Um, I'm now over the worst of it, except I've still got a huge cough. So I do want to apologize. Um, This is a bit of an experiment tonight, because I have hardly... Well, I mean, by my standards, I've hardly spoken... Um, without coughing, um, but I am getting better, and I really felt like getting back. I mean, Rich, I've missed doing the show with you, man. Or we've kept in touch, obviously, but um, you know, I, I think a week's break's nice, and then two weeks, three weeks, you're starting to get itchy for it. You know what I mean? Like, um, mm-hmm. and there's been a lot of good news. So, Richard, I do want to thank you for um, continuing to put the news in and stuff when I because I was actually quite ill. Um, now, not so bad. Other than, can you tell in my voice, Rich, at all? I mean, you sound like you've just come down with the cold. Yeah. Um, you know, like you've just come down with the flu. So, yeah, I mean, I could only imagine how bad it must have been if this is oh, how you sound. Early, early on, well, you know. I, I couldn't. Um, uh, the first couple of days, I was confined to bed. I couldn't even read screens and stuff. It gave me a real headache. Even now, I've got a headache. The coughing gives me a headache, but I've got uh, ibuprofen here. But um, I also had uh, a, um, on top of all the normal symptoms, I... I had a thing where my skin was super sensitive to, to any touching, like even like fabric, like sheets and clothes and stuff. Like it, would, it was kind of hurting. I was really sensitive um, for the first two or three days. Uh, the first two or three days, I was, I, would been, I, I was just out. I was confined to bed, like literally, like didn't even leave the bedroom other than, you know, go have occasional shower. Like I was really struggling. And, and gradually I've gotten better and better, but I still have... No energy by my standards. Like, um, I returned a negative test today, which is the first time. So yesterday, um, I still returned a faint positive, but I did it this afternoon, and I have a negative, um, which is good. (coughs) Um, So it's really just the cough and the headache that's left. Um, But I've been working from home. Like, I've kind of been doing half days, like, the last week from home you know and really quite light days and and this week as well i mean i'll, I'll work from home and I'll just a bit lighter than normal you know but um a lot of stuff's been going on rich um do you want to give us a recap well well i've been busy dying what's been going on in your life richard um not not much a bit of a late shout out to um to to mitch went down for his uh his birthday party it was at uh, quite a quite a big uh oh, cool get together was his 50th yeah was- yeah, yeah, um, and uh, there was about fifty people there, I think. Awesome. Um, well, that's good. So it was, uh, My apologies, Mitch. I was in Singapore, and then I got sick, so maybe lucky <laughs> I wasn't there. So. Well, that's that's your, that, you know, life was telling you you should have gone to Mitch's. So, but so, what was it like? What was was you know, was it a big one? Was it, it, was, 
uh, just at the golf course. Again, it was pretty big. I mean, it was at least, Jesus, I don't know, like 30 plus people there. Hmm. Um, but Mitch is a very popular guy. Very popular I guy. I don't even know 30 um, people. I mean, outside of yeah. work. <laughs> Seriously. Yeah, I mean, it was predominantly, like, uh, as you said, work friends, um, sure. uh, friends, family, you know, that awesome. sort of stuff. So, um, and it was his 50th, yeah? Mm. I tell you what, he doesn't look fifty. Big I mean, I, I I I met him a few years no, ago. He's very lucky. He's very lucky. He certainly doesn't show his age. No, I agree. I mean, I I wouldn't have picked him. As, when he said it was fiftieth, I was like, really? I mean, gee, yeah. No, he's 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 a nice, a lovely guy actually, and uh, a big supporter of the show, uh, and always a lot of time for Mitch. And he's chimed in with a few things. Um, this show now moving straight into it. Signal abductions. Um, I've got a few, Rich, but have you got anything that you've picked up in the last three weeks? Uh, what have I picked up? I picked up COVID. <laughs> <laughs> yes, no, I didn't pick up anything. Uh, I <laughs> um, no, uh, haven't been oh. oh, uh, we bought, uh, we gained with, um, my girlfriend's, uh, sister, we're going to Perth. Uh, in a couple of months, we uh, to go watch WWE. So we just oh, technically cool. bought tickets, which I was really shocked that they were almost three hundred and fifty dollars each. Wow, uh, it's quite a hefty, considering that there's no Rock or Stone Cold or <laughs> Triple H. I'm not, I'm not sure it's actually worth. Um, so what? It's like they've taken the show on the road to to Perth. Yeah, right? yeah, they do it. They they come to Australia a few times and all that, and. Uh, uh, I've been meaning to go to Perth and all that because uh, it's the only place in Australia now that has um, a South African restaurant called The Spur. Right. Well, there's a lot of South Africans in Perth. It's very popular amongst South Africans. Uh, actually, a lot of, there's a lot of South Africans in Australia. Just There is, but, but, but Perth, because it's closer, you know, like to South Africa, um, yeah, there, there is. I mean, from my understanding, there's, a, there's quite a South African community in, in Perth. So maybe you'll uh, abscond rich. You know, uh, so what's the situation like? Do you know who who's going to this WWE? I don't even know who is in WWE anymore. But like, no, I have to I have to look into it. It's not, it wasn't. Um, it was uh, an invite from her sister okay. and her partner and all that. So they they big into WWE at the moment. So I'm assuming it must be sure it'll be fun. Maybe some Seth Rollins or something like that. They quite love him and all that. So I can only imagine that he must be going down. Okay. Well, I imagine it'll be a lot of fun. I've never been to any of those things, but I, I would actually like to. Um, I think, you know, it'd be a real experience. Like, it's going to be Yeah, cra- I mean, crazy. I'm not happy about the price, but I'm like, you know what? <clears throat> I can say I've been to yeah. a WWE sort of... Uh... And you can tailor it into, if you're bothering to go to Perth, which is a long way from Sydney, like a, how many hours in the plane? Is it about six or seven, I think? I think it's something uh, like Yeah, but five... Okay, so I mean, it's just, like you, you can tailor it into a holiday though, and go and see some sights and stuff because there's a lot to see over there. You know? Oh yeah, 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 definitely, excellent. So this will interrupt your signal duties. I'm not happy about that, but you know, considering I've been dying. Well, you know? yeah, I was going to say. I mean, <laughs> considering you've had a three week break. Oh, the emperor, though, the emperor is allowed um, his sentences. No, 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 you have fun, Rich, and um, I, I hold the emperor to higher standards than mortal men. <laughs> I'm a fully corrupt emperor. Um, what was I going to say? Yeah, so we will want a review of that as well, and from your girlfriend. So I'll be interested. In, I'll be interested in seeing what that's like. Any chance of a Hulk Hogan? Is he still wrestling? No, no man, that guy can barely walk. No, I know he's like old and crippled and racist. Just <laughs> 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 a shadow of a man. Uh, <laughs> it surprises me though. Um, 
uh, you know, obviously the superstars of yesteryear, when they haul them out every now and then, I'm like, I don't know how these guys are able to do anything. Like, honestly, like their bodies just must be so badly damaged, you know? Like, it is such a... Like, that's one thing. I know it's entertainment and scripted, but, like, it must be incredibly hard on the body. You know what I mean? Like, I, I've always thought that. Like, it, 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 they're kind of underappreciated, I think, because it's kind of like... um you know, it's it, as opposed to say boxing or something. It's you know, it's not, it's not, it's it's scripted. But but at the same time, they're putting themselves through a ton of punishment. Yeah. So. Oh no no no! Look, um, I've always uh, when I used to watch wrestling back in the day, you know, when it was like you know your uh, the Stone Cold, you know, the, sure. the Attitude Era, as they call it. I always used to get annoyed with people when they would go like, "Oh, it's just scripted." I'm like, "Yes," but that doesn't change the athleticism. Exactly. Do you know what I mean? It's like, oh, it's scripted. So, yeah. you know, they're just like pretending. It's like, yeah, but they still have to throw themselves around, jump off the rope, you know. Yeah, totally, yeah. So, so like, it's it's scripted as, as a movie scripted, but get, as we all know, stuntmen hurt themselves exactly. and kill themselves in movies all the time. Just because something's scripted, I don't yeah. understand why that, like, um, I know. negates what they do in. You can say you don't enjoy it, fine. I mean, that's like saying sure. you don't like a soap opera. Okay, I get it. I don't like soap operas. Sure. But I mean... No, I think it's I cool, know. man. I, I, I honestly think it's pretty cool. Um, I've never really gotten into it only for no real reason other than just it's just been one more thing. But from a distance, I've always admired it. So I'll be very interested in getting your um your your take on that. Now, my... yeah, 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 I'll definitely... But that's not going to be until, like, I think February. So it's still got a couple of more Oh, months. okay, so it's next year. Right. Because we're closing in on the end of the year. Before you know it, it's like November, isn't it? Oh, yeah, don't, don't have to remind me. Seriously. Seriously, have you had you've had your birthday this year, haven't you, Rich? Yeah. You clocked over already, didn't you? Yeah. Was it while yeah. I was dying? Was no. It, was it while I was dying? No. no, it was before that, I'm sure. It okay, was. all right. Well, Rich, it's in well, October. That when, was a when, month ago. Yeah, when, you, when, you, I, that was... when I get healthy, we'll we'll do it. We'll do a dinner or a lunch with you guys because uh, I, I we owe you a lunch. But I've just been so unhealthy, like it's been ridiculous, like. Um, it's been absolutely fucking dis- disgraceful. Oh, the funniest thing was I jumped in the pool. This is the so the day before I tested positive, and I didn't really have any symptoms at all. Um, so I felt fine, and it was quite hot. And I thought I'll just you know I I usually go in the pool on a hot day, and I and I jumped in the pool, and our pool is a little cold. But I came out and I was shaking like like honestly I've never ever been this person. Like I I was in the water for a while, uh, you know for maybe five, six minutes just doing a couple of laps, I came out of the water and my whole body was shaking, like, you know, seriously, like, ridiculously. And I was like, wow, that's really unusual. And I must have had the COVID in my system, you know, and then it's, like, reacted to the colder water or something. And, like, I was I was like, wow, I've never, you know, I've swum in some pretty cold water, but I was like, man, I was my body really reacted, like, massively. I, it was it was crazy. Like it was almost like I was turning into like you know what Mister Freeze like freezes somebody. <laughs> that's how it, <laughs> that's what it felt like. I was like fuck. It's, I don't, but like in the water, I was like it's cold, but it's, it wasn't anything outrageous. You know what I mean? Like it was a little chilly, and I came out and my body was just saying no, thank you. So and then the next day I was fucking lying in bed, bed and couldn't see and like you know my skin was killing and I was just like maybe that was not a great idea. Now single abductions. Um, Got a few. Legend of Drixt, the visual dictionary. This is, this is by the people. Yeah, you sent me a picture of that. It looked really cool. Yeah. <laughs> it's by the people who did um, D&D Art and Arcana. Um, 
which was like a whole collection of like all the artwork to do with D&D over the years, including advertisements and stuff. It's really, really good book. A big hardcover I've got. Uh, this one is kind of a lot of, I think, concept art and promotional art for Drixt and, you know, his merry crew from the beginning, I think, of, like, Forgotten Realms. Because if you recall, he was the second book in the Forgotten Realms, the Crystal Shard, which I remember buying at the time. Um, yeah, anyway, so I, 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 the same author has done it, the same team. So um, I'm picking, I've picked that up, and that's on its way. I also finally... I think it was after... Did we do... We did one Man of Steel, didn't we? I'm sure we did. Did we do Man of Steel, the John Byrne? I think we did. Yeah, yeah, we did. We yeah. did the first um, okay. collection. So, yeah, I went... I'd already had the first... I bought the first collection, you know, years ago. <laughs> I went out and I got two, three, and four. Bang, bang, bang. Because I was like, yeah, hmm. guess what? It turns out, once again, Dave, it's 40 years later. Late to the party. 40 years later... And even even when they released the hard covers, I still teetered on the edge. I don't know why I do it to myself sometimes. I really don't understand. Like everyone goes on about how great it is, and I'm I'm like, yeah, you know, like yeah, I'll get around to it one day. Well, I finally got around to reading volume one. I was actually thoroughly impressed. So I bought two, three, and four. And I will say this: I also in that same day I bought Camelot Falls, the Kurt Busiek. Um, Superman hardcover deluxe edition. I read it on the plane to Singapore. Absolutely loved it, Richard. I actually thought Camelot Falls. It was so much better than I expected. Like um, the the sort of the villain, but he's more of the antagonist. Uh, is a guy called Arion or Orion? I'm not sure how you say his name. He's like the Lord yeah, of the, Atlantis. Uh, the yeah, the Atlantis Wizard or whatever. Yeah, is. yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, look, I had heard of this character like as in i think he's been in some backups of stuff but i've never read it um what a good story can i just and also carlos pachecchio on art is that how you say his name carlos pachecchio uh on art was Pashinko or something like that yeah really really good artwork um i must say this was like a 9.5 out of 10 i i i read it on the plane on the way there and i was glued and i was like wow that was so much better anything I've ever read by Kurt Busiak for, well, other than his Conan I've always been like he's okay you know I've, he's like I'm like yeah it's not bad but this was amazing with amazing artwork and um, I really think it's in my top 10 Superman uh, books I've ever read actually I have you read it Rich? No oh dude you've got to do yourself a favour read this I think you'd like it basically the 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 concept is pretty simple um Basically, basically, Orion, or have you say his name, he is um, dead in the present time. But in the past, he's like a magician from Atlantis. And yeah, I know who he is because they tried to tie, at one point they tried to tie uh, Power Girl's okay. um, uh, origin to him. Uh, remember when they didn't know what to do with her? Then oh. for a time they said that she was his granddaughter. And then they wreck on that, and he said, no, I was lying to protect you, blah, 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 blah. Okay. You're Kryptonian, well, all that sort of shit. So I, I know who the say, character I, I was going to yeah. say, the, 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 most, the thing we do mostly at Power Girl is just stare at a breast. But anyway. Um, okay, so for listeners, okay, he's, a, he's like a sorcerer from Atlantis, basically, in essence. And anyway, he's dead in the present DCU timeline, but in the past, he's a mortal, by the way. 
Um, and he lost his powers with the breaking of Atlantis, but he has all these magic artifacts which he uses. So he's got like all these magic items. Anyway, it goes back to like uh, sort of like pre-revolutionary France or somewhere, and he's like lying there in bed with all these chicks, and something like that happens, and he realizes that there's this big thing happening in the future, and he realizes that he's dead in the future, but he has to stop basically at the end of the world. So he comes to the future or to the present from the past and confronts Superman and basically says all, like, Camelot will fall, like, all civilizations will fall. And th- this civilization, the, the uh, how do you call them, like, the, the challenges that would have overthrown the DCU have all been stopped by Superman and the other heroes. So essentially what's happening is they're delaying the inevitable until the inevitable is going to be so massive that it will wipe out life on the planet Earth forever, basically. So he's saying because you've sort of temporarily stopped all of these things, you've ensured the Earth's destruction with, like, a, an annihilation event. Anyway, that, that's the setup. Um, it's just such a good story. It also jumps forward, like, does a 10 years jump forward, like, after the so, sort of apocalyptic event and stuff. Like, it, one thing I will say about it, you really get the feeling they were laying the groundwork for a much longer run. And I believe that um, he had to hand, hand over the um, Superman title to, I believe, Jeff Johns. But, um, and he sort of said, mentions, he doesn't name names, but he mentions in the forward that, like, they did have much bigger plans than what they, you know, they sort of, you do get that sense. You, you kind of mm. get the sense that it's a little bit of a clip show. Um, and, but I will, even saying that, I was really impressed by this story. It's not immense. I probably it's a touch under four hundred pages. The full edition. Um, it, there's very little that you need to know outside of it. it it's, it's kind of a pretty enclosed storyline. There's a little tiny bit of stuff you about a guy called the auctioneer, but it's so minor um, that it, you know. I even went back and read those issues on DC Infinite afterwards, and I was like, they didn't really add anything. He's just a crazy villain. Um, yeah, no, I 9.5 out of 10, and I would put it in my top 10 Supermans along with, you know, some of the, like, some of the Superman runs that I've really enjoyed over time. I, I think it's a... I, I, Rich, I really think you'd probably enjoy it, actually, too. It's a very classic Superman. Yeah, I think I've, I've seen it, and I think I've thumbed through it, but um, I've never actually... Um, I've never actually read it. Well, you know, you can check it out. Um, yeah, so that was that was what I read on the on the plane. So there've been my abductions over the years, and and, and I will say this: I went straight from um, that to reading New Krypton, which I also really enjoyed. But oh my god, was it jarring going from that Carlos Pacheco art to the really substandard artwork on the New Krypton book, like? That new Krypton artwork by, I think, Pete Woods, it's just so bland and just so, oh, like, almost unfinished and basic to me. And I was like, man, like, you know when people say comics is a visual medium and all that, which it obviously is, like, the storyline in New Krypton is actually really good, but, oh, my God, do they make it hard for you to get into it with that really bad artwork, in my opinion, or very mediocre artwork. Would you agree, Rich? Uh, yeah, it can. I mean, I think um, you. That, that's why sometimes I don't understand. Um, well, uh, it's we, we will get to this later when we talk about um, the the Superman issue that we read. 
sure. for the show. Um, sometimes the art, um, you've got to be careful about like matching the art with the story sure. and the artist sometimes. Um, yeah. But, yeah, I mean, I don't know. I mean... Well, I mean, you know... I don't know. I don't know if it's as... As bad as that. Well, going from the heights that was the Carlos Pacheco artwork on uh, Camelot Falls to going to the artwork in New Krypton and kind of doing it, like, straight away, it was very jarring to me. By the as I got deeper and deeper into Krypton, I was kind of like, "Oh, it's not too bad." I mean, I can see why they like the guy. What, what, you mean were some issues was drawn by someone or the whole thing? No, I, I found like New Krypton. The um, obviously, you know, it's a got a lot of books to it, but the the basic there's a basic twelve part story called just New Krypton. So not even the tie-in issues. There's actually it's called World of New Krypton or something, but it's the it's it's the main thoroughfare for the main series, and Pete Woods, to my knowledge, uh, draws all of it, and it, he really I I think it's really basic his art. I, I honestly I it almost looks a bit unfinished, like as in they haven't um, they haven't given it a final polish up kind of thing. It looks very sort of like you know when you look at pencils and you're like yeah they look cool but they're just pencils. Well. It looks a bit like that. Like, it's like, they, don't, they haven't sort of gussied it up enough, sort of thing. I don't know how else to describe it. I'm not an artist, but check it, check I've out. Got to, I've got to try and remember now because I know that a lot of the covers were um, were were done by... Um, like Doug uh, Gary Frank yeah. and all that. Yeah, no, the, and, yeah, but you're right. They are, but not the main... Pete no, Woods but I'm trying to remember the story now. I just don't remember it being... As bad as you're making out, that's all. Well, you know. Anyway, like at the end of the Again, day, I haven't, like, I haven't read it in a few years, and I know that the 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 ending book, which was War of the Supermen, mm. uh, that one was done by uh, uh, Morales, I think it was. Um, okay. Uh, and that's good art as well. So again, I'm trying to. I'm gonna have to go look for. I'm trying to remember. Sure. The, and the I will say this: I, I, just I love don't the remember story. it being that bad. That's all. I love. I love <laughs> the story. Don't get me wrong. And the deeper I got into it, the more I started forgiving the art because I was like, it's not too bad. It's just very it, – you're going from a real high to a very basic level that where it's like, yeah, he gets the characters, but it just – you'd have to – I mean, you're an artist. You, yeah, but I mean, but Dave, I mean, again, I will take that art over the shit that we get today any day of the week. So though. would I. No, I would agree. I agree with that. I agree with that completely. And you know what? He, he – I think what they like about him is he does get the characters. It's just all very lifeless. And it just is... I, I don't know. You check it out for next... Uh, what do you call it? Show. And you can tell me what you think. Because obviously... It's I'm, just I'm like, looking at some of it now and it's... Again, it's, it's, not, it's not that bad. I've, again, I've seen a hell of a lot worse than that. I've definitely seen a lot worse these days. You know, like... These days, he'd be good. That's, this yeah. is actually super competent, in my opinion. Okay. Well, all right. Now, um, uh, also, shout out to Mitch. Uh, I, I mean, I do get what you're saying. I think he could do maybe a little bit of a better job animating faces. Which yeah, is it another just looks really... A, a lot of current artists today definitely don't have. I where just everyone feel just like... Their mouth closed. It looks a little blank. 
Like it looks a little digital or something. Like I, I don't know how to describe it. No, like, I think I think it's just someone who uses probably a lot of reference, right? Uh, photos and materials and stuff and all that. Uh, yeah, I, 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 look, the art is good. I I I can probably agree with you. Maybe it, it lacks a little bit of kineticism, okay. you know. Um, uh, but it's again, it's it's still better than some sure. of the shit I've read for the show. So coming from Carlos Pacheco to that, that was jarring. You know, Carlos Pacheco was just like next Isn't level. Pacheco or something like that. I don't know no, how to say his know. fucking name, but like, however you say his name, like he was a fucking genius. And then he came to Pete Woods, and it felt like kind of to me like the journeyman, you know. But that's just my opinion. Um, you know, obviously Pete Woods, we still want you on the show. <laughs> <laughs> Hopefully Pete Woods doesn't listen to this one he's, as he's standing over the fucking abyss, deciding he's going to throw himself in, and then it's like he hears this review and he's like, "Fuck it." <laughs> it's like fuck this. Oh, yeah, and maybe I I saved him. <gasps> yeah, maybe. He was just about to do it, and then I started talking, and he was like, "Oh no, wait, it's okay." Imagine being that close to the edge. You know what I mean? Like where it's like Signal of Doom's going to push you over or not, and I'm more likely we're going to push you over. <laughs> more likely, we've... well, not we, me, I will. Yeah, yeah, I will. I'll, I'll get us there. Um, okay. <laughs> I'm starting to die now. Okay, so... <coughs> Alright, so... Mitch uh, gave me two things. Kennedy, Sinatra, and the Mafia. Gee, some of my favourite things mentioned in one fucking sentence. This is a new documentary. Oh, no, if only you were feeling better and you could talk about it for hours. Oh, well. Well, all I will say is... I haven't yet watched it, so... But I've, I've downloaded it. I've fucking got it ready to go. I'm really hoping it's got aliens in it. Jesus Christ, I hope it has aliens in it. Do you reckon it does? Jesus Christ. You, are, you know, what can I just say? You, just, you ask for too much, man. Like, you... Just you, pray to God. You are just one greedy fucker who just wants everything. But it's Sinatra, Kennedy and the Mafia. Wow. Even just themselves. Like, what a fucking story. So, shout out to Mitch, who, who alerted me to that. Um... <coughs> and I, uh, um, <coughs> I died. <laughs> no, I, uh, I, I didn't die, but I, I downloaded it. I downloaded it. Now, also, sort of sad news, really. Um, Australian cricket royalty, Greg Chappell, um, who, from my knowledge, was had a very successful sort of, I mean, one of the most successful careers ever of an Australian cricketer. He's one of our most gifted batsmen since Bradman, I'd say he probably is. It's him or Ricky Ponting, and I think Greg Chappell was fantastic and was fated, and but apparently um, has hit hard financial times, Rich, which came as a surprise to me, um, and has a GoFundMe uh, for basically setting up his retirement. Um, I don't know. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah. Like, it came as a real shock to me. I, I shared the GoFundMe on the, um, on the Facebook page, I've contributed. Um, I, you know, for those Australian cricket fans out there, Aussie cricket fans, uh, we owe Greg Chappell a debt uh, that I don't think we'll ever fully repay. But if we can support the guy, I mean, I don't know what happened. Apparently, some, there was a bad business deal a few years ago. Is all the information he gave, um, which had kind of fucked him financially. No, the ins and outs of it. I think he should have given a bit more information while asking for this money. Personally, in my in my personal opinion, I understand he probably proud man but if you're gonna open you know your purse up to be filled by the public i think you've got to lay on the violins a little bit you know it just that's just my personal opinion i mean take it or leave it um 
I've shared the GoFundMe on the Facebook page. Seriously, if you've got a few dollars in a tough economy, uh, devote them to a worthy cause, Greg Chappell. He's got a lot of runs for Australia. Um, it's got a fucking lot of runs, Rich. You know what I mean? One of our most gifted cricketers mm. of all time. Uh, have you got any details, Rich, on what happened? No. I can't I can't say that I follow uh, Greggy's life at the moment. Okay. Well, I was just chatting to you to see if you had something there, but no. Um, it's just weird to me. I mean, I will say this. He retired in 84, which was before the big money really came into the game. Mm-hmm. But he was also... He's also been, like, gainfully employed by Cricket Australia for years as selector, all sorts of... He's held all sorts of roles um, to do with cricket and outside business interests as well, which is why I was kind of confused. Like, but I guess anyone can fuck themselves financially. Um, We don't know what happened on this business deal. Maybe he guaranteed on some business that went under and, you know, may have lost his house and stuff. Apparently he's renting. Um, you know, doesn't have a house. So I'm, I'm getting the feeling no. that he either lost, maybe he was sued by someone or he lost literally everything on a business deal, like as in a, quite badly. Um, which is weird mm. to me that he would, that that age would be putting everything on the line. Like, why would you? Wouldn't you want to be comfortable at that point? I don't, I, I just don't, I'd love to have more information, frankly. Yeah, well, yeah, but again, people get talked into silly things all the time. I mean, mm. I mean, I suppose so. Old, you know, older people and and people have been scammed for like since the dawn of time, of of time. You know what I mean? Um, oh. So yeah, maybe someone talked into something. Or I again, wonder, maybe, he's not, I wonder, maybe he's just not good with his money. I wonder who the, the first scammer was. You know what I mean? Like back in like Babylon or somewhere. You know, there'd be some fucking guy running a pyramid scheme or something. Way back. Maybe to do with actual pyramids, you know? <laughs> well, well, I think maybe that's where it comes from. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, look, I, I hate to be that guy, but I want more information on the Greg Chapel stuff. So if we could get Greg on the show, and I actually actually have reached out to Greg Chapel before and asked him on the show, no response. Um, we'd love to get him on. And look, it'll be, be a walk down memory lane, frankly. You know, I, I remember as a young Young kid, really, Greg Chappell was the batsman. You know what I mean? He was the batsman for Australia. Like, he, like, I mean, he held the team together he, with total quality, you know, really. He was, he was a cut above everybody, basically. Um, and I recall it, and I was only young, um, but I remember him for about four years, from, like, 1980 to 84, which was when I was following him. And I was very young. I, you know, he was easily the best batsman in the team, easily. Um, and when he retired, it was just like, it was devastating because he just, he, he, Rob Marsh and Dennis Lee retired in the same game and they were all my favourite players. And I was just, I, was, I, I still remember I didn't understand why they would retire because you're young, you don't really understand like, like, you know, injuries, you know, et cetera, age, everything like that. But, um, yeah, when he left, the, there was a gaping hole in the batting, which AB had to fill, obviously, but... I mean, even AB would say, like, fantastic player, but Greg Chappell was, I mean, he was a better batsman, you know, um, even than AB, you know. But there was something about Greg Chappell. He, he just had a certain something, which you don't really see. I mean, uh, Ricky Ponting had the same thing, you know, where, the, where they're just a cut above. Um, you obviously had in South Africa. You had, you had players of that calibre, um, say, Jack Callis. You know, he was, he, you know, you know, you, you know he, was a, he was a bit better than than most players, you know, even the very good players. Like, there's a, 
you know, that next level, Rich. You know what I'm talking about? Mm. He, Barry well, Richards, <clears throat> back in the day. I mean, players back in those days just felt a bit larger than life. Sure. Uh, whereas now they kind of just feel like athletes, I guess. I suppose so. I mean, look, love the Australian cricket team, Rich. Uh, um, obviously, Steve Smith and uh, Dave Warner, your favourites. <laughs> oh, Smith! I don't, I don't care about Smith. Smith is like, um, he, he might as well just be like um, a good. piece of toast. Like he's a good player. He's he's as bland as fucking bland can be. Like if <laughs> if 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 vanilla <laughs> decided to take human form, it would be oh, Smith. Come on, like, I he's don't just, agree. He's, he's just, just he's he's player. he's just he's not. I even forget he exists most times. He's an excellent player. The person that I can't stand, and I literally. <laughs> Um, I will only watch an Australia game to see if he goes out yes. and then I'll stop watching is Warner. Yes, Warner, I hope one day he accidentally slits his little wrist oh, uh, or his neck when he does his little cutthroat celebration when he, he scores 100. <laughs> if he could seriously injure himself, I wouldn't give a shit. No, I know you have made your feelings very plain on Dave Warner over the years, Rich. Uh, you've been consistent there. Um, yeah, but um, but I was going to say in terms of South African batters, I think of Barry Richards um, from back in the way back in the day. He was of a similar level to Greg Chappell. Um, you know, maybe not quite as good, but definitely he would have been a. If Barry Richards had played a lot more Tests, I think you know his career would have been equally glorious. I mean, he scored a lot of runs. Um, but yeah, no. So uh, yeah, there's a GoFundMe. Uh, look, I mean. Uh, it, look, it, it, it had raised a bit over 100 grand last time I checked. It's essentially a retirement fund for Greg Chappell because he's lost all his money uh, somehow. And um, I, I, I think Australian cricket fans, if you've got five bucks, give it to him. Like, fuck it. Like, he deserves it, you know? I mean, I gave him a bit more than that, but, you know, I'm a cricket diehard, basically. And I, I just... I just I, I, what I also don't understand, apparently there are some health issues. Because, I mean, the guy does speaking engagements too. This is this is not a guy who has done nothing since he retired. So that's what I don't quite understand. Like, there's been a lot of money coming in, I imagine, over the last few decades. Because he, he was that next-level player um, and personality. But apparently there's been a health um, condition which confined him sort of, if not to home, to Australia. So he couldn't... He couldn't tour doing all the speaking engagements, so hence that income dried up. But um, maybe he just wasn't putting anything away for a rainy day, Rich. Yeah, possible. Maybe it's gambling. Possible. Gambling? Yeah, could, could, could be, be anything, Dave. Well, we can just speculate all day long, but until we get Greg Chappell on here, and look, I'll, I'll, if we get him on, I'll, I'll, I'll put a few on the pads for him just to, just, just to blaze away to the boundary, but yeah, might throw a couple, just a couple of short ones in, Rich, don't you think? Just to... Get the old man kind of like in the in the frame. It can't be all really? softballs. Like why not? Like you know, I'll walk down memory lane all day long. Great chapel about all the glory days. I'd love to hear it. I mean, I'll step and I'll, I'll throw him a couple just just to keep him alive, just to remind him, like you know, you know, you, you, the cut and thrust of it kind of thing. So get, come on the signal, Greg, and we'll we'll have a good chat. Now, uh, Michael Kellishim um, <laughs> was was thinking my Singapore trip. And sickness were all lies. And that for the past three weeks, I've been really batting for Australia incognito in the World Cup. Well, clearly, uh, even with my illness, we've done a couple of episodes of World Cup Diary, me and Ray. This is with me on fucking oxygen. Um, the Aussies are through to the semis. And what a big week it is, Rich, because we're up against South Africa in the semi-final. Mm. Oh, I can't wait. 
We've got to have. We've got to put a lunch on it, Rich. This is this is lunch worthy for sure. Come on, man. You oh yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, Definitely. we can put a lunch on it because yeah. here's the simple here's the simple fact, right? Okay. If we bat first, we'll probably uh, got a really good chance of beating you. Sure. But if you win the toss and you put us into chase, it's all fucking over. We'll lose. No, no, no questions asked. I won't even bother staying up to watch it if we. Oh, if I we don't know about him. that. Um, but we'll see. Well, I, I, I think. Dave, well, Dave yeah. have you been watching the cricket, mate? Have you been watching the cricket? When South Africa bats first, they demolish every single fucking team, Mm. right? Score highest runs, fastest runs, everyone's scoring fucking hundreds. Then every single game, every single game where they've chased, (laughs) they've either just, just managed to win it or they've lost. Sure. Like it's either it's it's like it's like watching two different teams. Yeah, you know you are much it's more ridiculous. confident. You are much more confident setting. I mean, I will say this: I think the teams are very evenly matched, very evenly matched. I, I think it's going to be a real battle. I I don't think either team's the strongest team in the World Cup. I think that I think India is by far and away that's been cleaning people up. But these are two teams that are very evenly matched. Um, the Aussies had a bit of luck here and there, but we've won our last seven in a row. Um, I, I, you know, we're obviously, you know, a good team in, in World Cups, and um, I think we'll probably, if I was honestly betting on it, I'd probably bet on Australia to win. But I do think we're very evenly matched, and we're going to do a World Cup diary, um, and you're welcome to come on if you want, Rich, with Ray, uh, to give the South African perspective. But um, I, I mean, obviously, I, I think with you guys. Um, Obviously, Quentin de Kock has been outstanding. Uh, I also think that batter at number three, well, how, what's his name again, Rich, the Dutch guy? I, I think he're an excellent player. Uh, uh, Van der Hoosen. Yeah, Van der Hoosen. all excellent players when, when well, we're not chasing. He got a nice... Except for, no, that's a lie, except for uh, uh, Buvema, who just uh, has put on I one good score and has failed every single goddamn fucking game. I think to he's get absolutely past useless. I think he's absolutely useless. Um, no, but that, but that, but that Van der Hoosen guy. I mean, he he was the guy who held your run chase together against the Afghans. You know, I will say this too about the Afghans. They actually have a pretty good bowling lineup. Like they've actually got a pretty. They gave Australia a lot of problems. If it wasn't for Glenn Maxwell, we would have lost to them. They've got a pretty handy bowling lineup. The Afghans. So it doesn't surprise me once they get two fifty, two sixty on the board that they can cause problems. But you are right. Um, and that lower middle order. Uh, when you've been batting first, has been so powerful and got into scores of over 400 and 399 and stuff. So it is interesting. I, I do think whoever wins the toss has got to bat first. You know, like, if Australia wins, we've got to bat first. If you win the toss, you've got to bat first. Uh, you've got to put a score on the board in a semifinal, I think. We have to bat first. Yeah. We have to, No, there's, there's no ifs, ands, or buts. We yeah. have to bat first. That simple. If we don't, it's a game over. It's wow. lost. Wow, we. Well, we'll see what happens, man. It's going to be a big one. Can't wait. So it's Thursday night, Australian time. Thursday, like, starts at four p. No, 7.30 p.m. Indian time. Um, and Yeah, most of the games have always been on about right? 7.30. No, that's not right. Um, no, it's it's 7.30 p.m. Australian time it starts. Yeah, our time. That's what I said. It's yeah, always yeah. been about 7, 7.30. Yeah, Except yeah. for the weekends where they've had two games and then yes. one's been on at, like, 3.30. A and day the game. One. Yeah, the day games. But, the, but that game I've checked is a 7.30 Australian time. Um, there will be another World Cup diary uh, with Ray. And, Rich, you're welcome to come on. I think we'll do it on Tuesday night if you want to for the South African perspective. Now, um, big news. Chuck Dixon and Joe Bennett's Ripperverse comic Alpha Core 
has received over half a million dollars in sales in eight hours of launching the campaign. This is a 96-page uh, trade paperback, um, cost about $28 plus shipping. Um, we had Chuck on, uh, who briefly spoke about it, and obviously Joe Bennett, fresh off um, that Immortal Hulk run he did. Um, yeah, within oh, here we go, there's an update. Within five days of the launch, the comic has made almost $900,000 as on pace to clear a million dollars this weekend. Well, that's a um, that's that's doing pretty well for itself. Like just a just a just a one shot comic. It's pretty good, isn't it? Some impressive. Yeah, yeah. Uh, this guy's done. <clears throat> this Ripper guy's done pretty well. Yeah. He's he's definitely um, got a good business model. Making some good money. And I mean, let's face it, Chuck Dixon and Joe Bennett. I mean, they're very sellable. You put those two together, they're attempting it's a tempting offer. And obviously this, uh, it's Eric July, isn't it? Is that right? Is that the guy's name behind it all? Uh, I think so, yeah, yeah, something like that. So he's set up a very good business model. So, yeah, I mean, I, I think it's, I'm really happy for Chuck uh, that, that this is doing so well. Um, so, yeah, check it out. Um, you can still back it. Um, what's it on, Rich? What, what what platform is this on? Do you know? Is it, is this no, a- I have no idea. Sorry, mate. Okay, well, we'll- uh, it's, I don't think it's digital. I think it's all... Um- right. Um, uh, no, I mean like the, the and... GoFundMe or whatever it is. Like there must be some sort of a. No, be... no, I think he does it all through his own website or something. Okay, all right, okay. So if you go to, because he's, no, no, he's not funding it, right? He he. Uh, so GoFundMe is like, hey, I need the money to get this done. Yes, he's got it done. What are you doing? Is basically pre-ordering it. So he's already spent the money. Oh, I making, see. Right. Paying people to draw or, or whatever, whatever. He's then just opens it up to pre-orders. I see. Okay, I didn't understand. So no, he's not doing a GoFundMe or anything like that. Well, I mean, then well, it's he even more. On his, on his ISIM or whatever, uh, he, uh, I think it's his thing called ISIM. Well, he's done very well for himself. And I'm really happy that Chuck's got this thing that's doing so well. Like, I mean, it's, it's a success story. Now, we have this new Beatles song, Now and Then, I've very much mm. enjoyed it. Um, now, to give listeners, people like you, Beatles song. Okay, so in the 70s, I believe late 70s, uh, John Lennon recorded uh, in Dakatawa, um, uh, his apartment building, a demo, basically, uh, of a song now and then. So a demo. It wasn't a studio you know, release or anything. It was just something he was doing in the house, getting stuff together probably for what would have been Double Fantasy, um, his last album. Anyway... Um, in the 90s, mid-90s or late 90s, when they did the Beatles anthology, they did Free as a Bird and Real Love. They used demo tracks that he recorded, very similar to this, and added in, like, Paul and George's voices and the Beatles played music around it, like, did a lot of stuff, and Jeff Lynne produced it. And they released those as singles, and they were really cool. This one was a bit harder with how... the, the Basically, in essence, the recording wasn't as good. Um the quality was was really sort of it was very basic um they tried to do the same thing george harrison famously said it's a lot of rubbish and and got the shits um and essentially the technology at the time they couldn't do it since then technology has advanced and they've managed to uh, peter jackson uh who'd used a lot of the same technology on the uh get back let it be um documentary um, where he managed mm-hmm. to isolate all the whispered conversations that they'd had. Um, he used the same technology to basically broaden out this song. And then um, they used the guitar work that George had done back in the 90s on this. Uh, Paul McCartney obviously added stuff now, and Ringo obviously drums, etc. 
they've released it as a single. I mean, I think it's fun. I, I don't think it's the best Beatles song of all time, but it's a genuine pleasure to hear John Lennon again. You know, like... Um, hmm. it, you know, I, I mean, don't know. I think some people have taken it a bit too seriously. I think it's just a little bit of fun. Yeah, de- definitely. I mean, it's not the yeah. best Beatles song of all time, but it's a, it's a decent song. But again, it's just a bit of fun, man. It's just yeah. a bit of like, you know, hey, here's something. Here's something. Now, Enjoy it. Like um, it. Don't like it. Whatever. Then they also did um, AI, which I really enjoyed. They did um, like uh, videos where they in, interspersed videos from the 60s uh, and then from the 90s when they were recording and then from now when you had John Lennon and Paul McCartney, or Paul McCartney, I guess, still alive, Ringo still alive. George has passed away now, but was alive when they were doing the stuff in the nineties, and they've got they, they're using all this stuff and splicing it all around. And I don't know, what, was it you who had a big problem with it? Someone in the notes has got a huge problem with it. I'm like, what's the problem? No, like, not me. Oh, okay, I thought it was you. I was like, it must be Michael. So Michael has a big problem with the vintage footage, which I thought looked fine. Like, it's just again, I just took it as a bit of fun, man. I didn't take it as anything too seriously. Like, oh my god, there's going to be another Beatles album or. You know, something I think just they well, had a bit of fun. The, the essentially, <laughs> this is supposed to be the last thing because I don't think they've got a lot more anyway. Um, although Peter Jackson did say that in the get back stuff, they do have a little bit more stuff, but I, I don't know. I, I think the, the thing is that I recall okay, because there's a lot of whitewashing that goes on. I remember Ringo saying. The one thing we didn't like about the Beatles anthology song was we did feel a bit like John Lennon's backing band, you know, because it was just a John Lennon demo and it was sort of like they were just filling in the gaps. You know, that, that was Ringo saying that. I'm not He wasn't speaking for everyone, but he was saying, look, there was that element to it. But then again, he made those comments back then. Even then, he was still saying, we love John, you know, very much, but it was just like... You know, it's hard. You're dealing with the ghost in the room, and the ghost in the room is the one supplying the song. And it was a John Lennon song from the 70s. In all three of these examples, they were all solo John Lennon songs that basically Yoko has said, here, here, the, here are these, and they've managed to craft singles out of them. I actually think it's a really cool achievement. I, I mean, honestly, because I think it'd be better this way than if, um, obviously, George has passed away now, but if you just had... Like, let's just say um, Paul McCartney said, I'm going to do a Beatles song with Ringo. It's like, cool that they're doing it, but it's not the full Beatles to me because two of them have passed away, you know, key members. And whereas this way, at least they've got the all the Beatles included. Do you know what I mean? I prefer it this way. Yeah, I, I prefer, can, yeah. I prefer it this way. But anyway, it did make me, just hearing it, for me, the biggest joy of it was just hearing John Lennon again on a new song. I was like, oh, it's just so nice to hear his voice. And you could tell it's just a rough song. You could just tell it's a demo. You know what I mean? You, you, this is something that John Lennon would have fleshed out. He probably would have had another verse. He would have, his vocals would have been stronger. This was a home demo. It's kind of charming. Um, he it, would have done other things if he was still alive. <laughs> no, I know. But, even, but what I'm trying to say is, like, you can tell that the... the core of this the origin is really just a home demo it shows um but you know that said like god enjoy it beatles fans you know like you know why not like jesus like i wish there was more stuff like this you know i wish john Lennon recorded like fucking seven solo albums of the 70s he didn't release but he didn't you know um anyway it was cool now rich uh some news here 
a live action Legend of Zelda movie has been announced, Richard, apparently. Uh, yeah, I probably would have preferred an animated, but what can you do? Okay, you're not happy about it? Okay, I thought you would have been loving it. Well, after the success of the Mario one, I would have just thought uh, animation would have been better. Sure. Sure. Yeah, okay. Uh, it was Zelda. I don't know. I get... Breath of the Wild. Is that I'm tired of us live action stuff uh, for things that are clearly meant to be like cartoony. Sure. You know, like... The, the the fact that even back in their day they did a live action fucking Mario movie, you know what I mean? It's like it's terrible. You there's no way you can capture that charm with real life people. Do you no, know what that I mean? was a terrible. Yes, movie. if it's a book like say Harry Potter or something like that, of course you can do a live action because it's about actual property look like it. I just feel like when you're doing something where the the charm is the 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 animation or the design, sure. I just don't. I don't get the point of of doing um, a live action. Well, there'll be it's, a lot of special effects. There'll be a it. ton of special effects. Like there'll be. What the hell's that got to do with a human guy being Link, though, or Zelda? I don't understand, yes. Dave. What's that? Got, what's the special effects got to do with? Well, them I mean, looking like it'll people be very fan- it'll be very fantastical, is what I'm trying to say. It, it'll be super fantastical, like Barbie. Like take Barbie for example. Okay, that's a live action, but it's super fantastical, like the, all the Barbie Land stuff. So it's almost like a cartoon, even though it has humans in it. That's what I'm trying to say. Does that make sense? Mm. You don't say convinced, Rich. You're not happy. No. No, no I, look. You've, oh. you've not convinced me, well, sorry. I, oh, I don't. I, firstly, I don't really care about it, and I would have also thought it probably would have been better animated actually, uh, when I think of movies like the Lego movie, I think that was so successful. Um, obviously, the Murray, what was it called? Super Mario Brothers movie, or whatever the fuck it was called, mm-hmm. the recent one. Um, what was it called, Rich? Was that what it was? The, the recent... Yeah, 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 that. Like, it's okay, so that and, that and Lego, to me, showed how it can be done really well. I'd also say Spider-Verse. Like, they're, they're making money if they're good kind of thing. You know what I mean? And I agree with you. I, I've my experience of Zelda is mostly just watching um, Dion's kid play it, um, and I was I was really impressed by the visuals on some of those games. Very impressed. I was like watching it, going, "Wow! If I was a kid, this is amazing to me." You know how it just how it looked. I thought. Um, so yeah, I, look. But th- what I'm trying to say by the by the 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 special effects will have to be top notch to capture that sort of cartoony element. So, a movie like... It's not a good movie, but I remember it. Sky Captain of the World of Tomorrow, which had real people, but everything was, was like green screen. Remember? Have you seen this movie, Rich? Everything was like a special effect, other than the actors. Um, what we, sorry, there's been a few movies. Which one it, are we talking about? It was, it was a movie from way back, like 20 years ago, called Sky Captain. And oh, the, yeah, Sky well, Captain, The World of Tomorrow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, now, yeah, yeah, but yeah. not a good movie, but the idea behind it I thought was really interesting. I, I went to the cinema just to see how it would look, yeah. and I thought they did it pretty well. I'm tr- what I'm trying to say is could this movie kind of be like that where everything is a special effect other than the lead actor, you know? Basically. Sure, but that doesn't change 
what I'm complaining about. Like well, what you're talking about has got nothing to do with what I'm complaining well, about. Well, it sort of does because the whole tone of the movie, if they really amp up the look of it all, you won't be focusing so much on... I mean, I'm hey, sure they can find hey. an actor who looks a bit like Zelda or Link or whatever the fuck his name is. It don't, it don't matter how fluffy you make the world. Mm. If fucking Mario looks like Bob Hoskins, it doesn't look like Mario. True. True. But but I would have thought with right? Luigi doesn't look like Luigi when he's um yeah John Lake was armor. <laughs> That's the point I'm trying to make. It doesn't matter what special effects you use. Sure. It doesn't matter how woo the world looks all boo boo boo. If it's a real life person, it's not going to have the same charm right of the video games and stuff and all that. That's my complaint. Not about whether or not they use green screen or not. Okay. Yeah. Well, all right. I'm just giving an alternate point of view. Oh, look, at the end of the day, man, will you go see it? I mean, it could make probably, a lot of... Probably not. Depends on... I'll have to see a trailer first. It, it, it could be a huge hit. Like, it's, it's going to be one of these things that's either going to bomb or be a huge hit. You know, like, I, I, I think it's going to be... It, I would have thought the safer bet would have been to go animated, personally, considering the success of the Super Mario Brothers movie and the Lego movie, etc., etc. But maybe they're looking at, like, Barbie and gone, well, look what Barbie's done, you know? Uh, but they don't have to look at what Barbie's done. They can just look at what Mario Brothers did, and if they can say, "Right, let's capitalize on that," we can make more money. Like, sure, it's, yeah. I don't know. It's not I, like Mario uh, Brothers was a bomb. I agree with you. Like, in fairness, I'm only playing devil's advocate. I actually agree with you. I think it would have been more clever to, and I'm certainly no Legend of Zelda expert, but I, when I think of that lead character, I, I think you could get uh, someone looking a bit like that, but it's a very classic look where i almost would have just used that maybe made it look a little better but that basic model would have been my model for the for the movie in the animated you know i would have stuck pretty closely to that basically that's what i would have done um i yeah i don't know as i said i would have loved to have just seen an animated one but i've said so many times on movies like assassin's creed i don't know why they don't do the fucking like how the game looks and do that as a movie I don't understand. Like, it's like you do it so well in the games. Like, you make it look so fucking fantastic. I'm sure they could do the same thing for a two-hour movie. But instead, they make they make it a real-life person and they take out all the fantasy and blah, blah, blah. It's like you, you rob all the things that are cool about the game to make a movie rather than embracing all the things that made the game cool. You know, I, 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 don't, I don't understand it. Like... Is sometimes I mean Hollywood's done this. Uh, they they have gotten better. I will say, uh, like Super Mario Brothers is a good example. But in general, I, I they've got a very poor history, and I think sometimes they they just go away from what was working, you know. Because when I play Assassin's Creed games, I'm like, this seriously looks fucking fantastic. Like, why can you not use these graphics and maybe even amp them up a bit and make a movie out of it? Like, is it not possible, Rich? If they can do it for the fucking game, why can't they do it for a two-hour movie? Because it's impossible, Dave. It's not impossible. They just don't want to do it. They're just like, I think they're scared of the animation. I, I think they're slowly, like we all know Hollywood, slowly realising that they can make a lot of money from it. But it's weird how hesitant they've been to me. You know? Anyway. I don't know. But yeah. I, I, agree I, don't, I don't know the decisions and why they make them, though. That's the problem. Mm. Well, we'll see. Like, I don't know. I don't know. It's like, 
I, it's it's like that adage of like you have all these people that go to uh, go get a marketing degree, right? Right. But yet the world is full of shitty ads. Sure. That don't I I I don't know about anyone else, but certainly don't make me want to buy the product. Sure. So then it's the same with all these people that are in charge of studios. Just because you say that you're qualified or whatever, literally doesn't mean you know what you're talking about. Like or that you know what you're doing. Because as I said, all these people degrees and yet every single commercial is pretty much fucking shit. <laughs> What's the degree for then? I don't know. Well, I, I think a lot of times studios do is they just try to f- spot you know, spot the trend and follow the trend. That, that's and, and milk the trend, right? That's a lot of times what studios do. You know, like there's there's a, there's a lot of they take a lot less risk now in the in, in in their own minds. They're they're very risk averse. Doesn't mean they don't create bombs, but they're they're all about just milking trends dry and like you know. It's 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 kind of funny, which is why it's funny to me that um, I assume I don't know Nintendo, who had the huge hit with Super Mario, wouldn't double down on that for Zelda. You know, would okay that worked for Mario. Let's make a Zelda game, a Zelda movie like the Zelda game visually, you know, and and go from there. Like why not? And it doesn't have to be the world's most complicated story, but. Instead, they've gone the live-action route. Maybe, in their defence, they're trying to create some sort of, like, big fantasy uh, sort of franchise, live-action franchise. You know, they're hoping if it, if it hits huge, they could, you know. But then again, you could have done that animated, you know? Like, mm. the Shrek movies, for example, were animated. They made fucking hundreds of millions of dollars, you know? There was, there was several of them. You know, Hollywood, Disney, whoever it was, DreamWorks, whoever it was, milked that fucking cow dry. Um, yeah. So it's not like animated movies haven't made lots of money over the years. There have been some huge animated hits over, over time. It's funny, though, I still think they're a bit resistant at, at their core. They're, they're, they're sort of like, oh, no, it's going to have a much better chance if it's live action. That's what, they, that's what they convince themselves. But I think with Zelda, even with my limited knowledge... It's a very fantastical world, at least what I've seen in when I've been watching the games. When I've watched Dion's kids play, or kid play, it's very fantastical. People floating around in bubbles and stuff, and all sorts of crazy shits going on. You know, it looks nuts to me in a good way. Like I'm watching and thinking, this looks genuinely fucking cool. Like I can see why kids would be going crazy for this. You know. Mm. Anyway, just my opinion. Now, um, oh, and by the way, the guy directing it uh, did Maze Runner and the New Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes movie. So it's, um, okay. Well, at least one of those is good. <laughs> well, Kingdom, I'm not King, saying which one, though. Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes isn't out yet. It's a new one. Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes is, is the new movie. Oh, shit, that's right. They're still milking their franchise with those shitty movies. What are you talking about? This is the this is the one coming out where the apes are now running the world. This is yeah, like Yeah, God. None finally. of the charm of the originals and the fun of the originals. Fuck those movies. They're so boring. I don't mind the movies. They're not as good as the originals. They're so boring. Well, there's no Charlton Heston, so that's a that's a drawback. So boring. Yeah, look, I prefer the original. You know I prefer the originals, Rich, so I'm... Yeah, I've got no time for these new ones, mate. So boring. Alright. Um now there's a new Cleopatra movie with Zendaya. Daniel Craig is Caesar. And Timothy, I'm not sure how to say his name. It was like Shalalote or something, and it's the guy from Timothy Shamalamalamala. Yeah, from June. Wow, this is. Big oh yeah, news. he's also he's also been cast as the young Willy Wonka. So shit. 
and I believe casters Bob Dylan in the Bob Dylan biopic that's going to be coming out shortly. I, I believe I'm right in saying that. Um, I think they're shooting it now. Um, so he's certainly the flavour of the month. Is that Willy Wonka movie out, Rich? No, no, no. I, th- I don't believe it's come out yet. What is the obsession with, like, Willy Wonka fucking origin movies? Like, I, I, don't, I don't know. I don't understand like, it. Like, there was one good movie. It was the Gene Wilder movie. Everything else they've ever done has been shit. You know? Yeah. But, I mean, again, Hollywood's obsessed with uh, uh, villain backstories. Oh, unnecessary villain backstories and origin stories for things that don't need origin stories. I just, like, they're yeah, kind of almost, they're almost intertwined in a sense. Do you know what I mean? Didn't they do one of um, Oz, I remember? Something about Oz. Like the, you know, the world, whatever you call it, like, what the fuck's it called, Richard? The world, Wizard of Oz. Yeah, Wizard of Oz, the original movie with Judy Garland. But I remember they did Oz, uh, an origin movie for Oz, The Wizard of Oz, with, um, what's his yeah, name? Yeah, With, what's his name? Um, what's that? Yeah, fucking, James, James Franco. Franco. It was the weirdest movie. Like, it was like, I sort of liked it, but I was also like, I was like, wow, we're really looking at just, it was like we're just doing origins of anything. Like, it was just a really odd movie, in my opinion. And this is similar. Like, it's an, it's unnecessary, firstly. Um, they already did a Charlie and the Chocolate Factory remake with Johnny Depp that, from memory, was kind of horrible compared to the original. And he was like, I was really inspired by Michael Jackson, I remember him saying. And I was just like, wow. Like, we, the creep factor could not have been higher, you know? Like, Michael Jackson at the time was, like, fighting off pedophile charges. I was really inspired by Michael Jackson. <laughs> it's like, okay. Um, I don't know, man. Like, Willy Wonka's origin. It's like, ugh, okay, all right. The chocolate fucking the candy maker or whatever the fuck he was. Like, I don't know, kind of a weird character as well. Like, when you really get into it, Willy Wonka... Like, when you actually get into that movie, Willy Wonka's kind of crazy, you know? He's kind of weird and crazy if you really wanted to dig into it. Yeah, I'm not sure if they will in this, but I guess what they'll all... They'll, they're, they're all fallback, Rich. It's kind of like... Have you ever heard the um, term... It's like... It's, it's a term... It's like Dream Pixie Girl or something. Like, it's... It's like the magic. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know. Yeah. I know that. Yeah, the pixie girl shit. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, but it's like that, but it's for a male. So it's he's just so wacky and so crazy and like everything's a fucking like he walks on rainbows kind of thing. You know, it's it's the same kind of gimmick, but it's for a guy. And I guarantee you, that's the. I saw a trailer. I guarantee you, that's the path I'll take. You know, it's just the. To me, it's very lazy as well like you almost don't have a story so he's just this wacky misunderstood inventor like who just sees rainbows in the fucking clouds you know and when he dances along in his own tune blah 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 like i don't know i i just predict a massive bomb i predict just nobody cares you know yeah possibly at all like and i still think that the original movie will be far and away the best one ever with the one with gene wilder the original classic movie. Oh, Jesus Christ. Yeah, that... Again, it's the same as what I just said about the the Planet of the Apes movies. It's just... There's there's a lack of... There's a lack of genuine charm uh-huh. in in a lot yeah. of the stuff today. Like, a lot of the stuff just feels... 
you know, it feels like made by committee. Sure. It feels like um, made by a, a um, an HR team. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. Like, oh, let's we got the tick. You know, let's we got our check boxes here now. Let's, uh, you know, let's start ticking the shit off so we can make a movie. And it's like that's not what. That's not, that's not what making a movie is. You're making, yeah. you make, you know, you're making art. You're making entertainment. You're making enjoyment. You can't come with a clipboard and a check sheet. You know what I mean? But everything feels, yeah, that's that just stage. it just feels so corporate. It feels well, so. Well, I, I have more empty. hope for Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes than I do for this Willy Wonka fucking thing. Like this Willy Wonka thing to me, it's just a who cares. You know, I'll be very surprised. They're trying to go for in their dreams. They're trying to go for sort of the greatest showman, you know, like mm. st- style thing. But they're they're not, they're not going to get there. I can I've saw the, I've seen the trailer. I know exactly what they're going to be. It's going to be the wacky, misunderstood genius, basically, Rich. You know, mm-hmm. uh, who just is singing his own song in his head. So yeah, I, I don't know. It's 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 going to be singing in my head. Yeah, he's going to be singing in his head. Um, now, Rich, some news on the Marvels. And by the way, there's been a late court press by the Marvels press team to try to tell everyone that it's worth watching. Um, oh God, yeah, dude. I wanted to say this to you. So I I saw some reviews come out when the movie came out, and almost every review was like. Oh my god, it yeah. just works. It's so fun. Oh my god, like oh my god, it's so worth your yep. time. And I was like, wow, like yeah. they really pushing it. And then I saw um, the numbers. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and I was like, Disney pulled out their checkbook and said, start fucking doing positive oh, yeah. reviews. I'm oh, pulling yeah, in no. all the. Well, everything was looking bad. Everything was looking bad. And then late last week, for about a day. They suddenly got all these eight out of ten reviews that felt so bored and paid for. It was like mm. we paid you just enough to get to eight, and it was so counter everything that had been coming out previously, including people who'd seen it. And Disney uh, definitely paid for those reviews, you know. And definitely, then, man. And then the numbers have come out, and it's it's bombing, isn't it? I mean, I wouldn't say I, I wouldn't say it's necessarily. Bombing, like it may break even, who knows? But it's what coming out for like the lowest, one of the lower Marvel movies now. Yeah. Uh, so, so you've, uh, pacing to be one of the lowest Marvel openings ever, made only six point six million on Thursday compared to twenty million with the first film. That is a big drop off. Predicted to make only forty five to now. I believe it made about fifty two million. Um. If I remember correctly, uh, Deadline Reporter Variety calling it a bomb, which has been justified. So was that a let's 50 dive, million? Oh, let's dive in post-credit scene, uh, just all Dave cares about. Anyway, do you know what the, the yes. post-credit scene is? Do you know? Um, no, God, no, I haven't looked at anything about it. Well, let's get into it. Um, I'm going to read out um, the, the full description. So, yeah, look at this. Box office bomb. That's That was, that was the Hollywood Reporter. So... I mean, it's so fucking hilarious that, like, they'll say they don't pay for these reviews. They fucking, they pay through the nose when they want to. And they knew they were in trouble. That was the thing. The, we've been talking for months. Like, forget about whether it's a good movie or not. We, the, the stench on this movie and on the Marvel sort of name has been just huge. Like, it's just been terrible. Mm-hmm. Oh, no, for sure, yeah. And um, it's just so funny to me that, like, that they think... 
by buying a few reviews like two seconds before it comes out, it's really going to fundamentally change anything. It mm. doesn't. You can't flip the narrative that much. Unless you've got this incredibly good movie that you might actually, you know, salvage it that way. But they don't. That's the other thing. Oh, oh no, we don't have a good movie. Like, fuck no. Like, <laughs> okay. Um, so, all right, I'm going to do this. So this is the... Um, the Marvels has one more tease. Um, the, so li- listen to spoilers for a fucking Marvels post-credit review. Like, I don't fucking care. Um, the film ends with Carol, Monica, and Kamala facing off against the villainous Kree revolutionary Darben. In an effort to save the Kree home planet of Hala, I'm already bored, Darben rips a hole in the universe. <laughs> uh, Monica sacrifices herself to close it. Hopefully that's the last we see of her. Trapping herself on the other side of the wormhole. The mid credit scene reveals that Monica is still alive and she wakes up in a stark hospital bed. She sees a, mother, she sees a woman who appears to be her mother, Maria Rambo. Maria was a former Air Force captain and Carol's best friend from Captain Marvel who died of cancer while Monica was blipped by Thanos. Monica is overjoyed to see her mother, but the woman doesn't recognise her. Then a strange blue figure walks in. It's Beast, a.k.a. Henry McCoy. Or Hank McCoy, sorry. Um, Kelsey Grammer reprises his role from the X-Men movies, once again playing everybody's favourite blue scientist. Beast explains that Monica was found floating in space, only to be rescued by someone named Binary. That's this universe's version of Maria Rambeau. Monica has become trapped in a parallel universe, one where the X-Men exist, or at least some version of them. Um, Just to drive the point home, which they love to do, Beast tells Monica that someone named Charles wants to see her, presumably Charles Xavier, a.k.a. Professor X, leader of the X-Men. As Beast exits the room, the camera lingers on Binary in her full costume. She's standing in front of the familiar X-Slotting door, similar to the ones from Xavier's mansion, in the previous X-Men movies. The Marvels also incorporates elements from the score of 2003's X-Men 2 and 2014's X-Men Days of Future Past. So that's, you know, in essence, the, the main one I wanted to talk about. Um, it was already known. This, this, this came out before the film got released. It was like, Kelsey Grammer won't save this movie. That was, that was one of the taglines, you know? Yeah, and, and also they are, they are relying... Way too heavily on um, this multiverse and and the Fox shit now. Like, like, uh, how about you do the actual fucking X Men? Do you know what I mean? Well, Instead of this. No, but I'm saying like they they are they really milking this like you know oh let's keep doing the alternate universe X Men and yeah. you're like I'm sure people like are splooging in their pants for some reason. I'm sure they're like oh oh yeah what's the fuck X Men oh. Yeah, yeah, I'm coming, I'm coming. But how about we do the actual proper fucking Marvel X-Men instead of this bullshit multiverse crap? Like, yeah, you know what I mean? Like, enough now. Like, I don't oh, know. Also, also, apparently the special effects were terrible on Kelsey Grammer. He looked horrible. Oh, God, that probably. I mean, let's be honest. He wasn't going to paint himself blue, was he? But, he had to get back to filming uh, uh, Frasier. But remember how good it was in Days of Future Past when he was walking down the corridor. But apparently they're way worse than that. Oh, again, wouldn't wouldn't surprise me. Well, that was special effects. He didn't have to paint himself blue. What are you talking effects. about? Of course, he painted himself blue in the Fox ones, man. He no. put on wigs and shit. Dude, what are you talking no, about? no, not in the um, not in the Days of Future Past cameo at the end. He didn't paint himself blue, man. That was all special. I don't effects. fucking remember that shit, man. I do. This is the difference between you and me. I do. 
I mean, I honestly couldn't give a crap about um, <laughs> post credit scenes, honestly. Dude, it's the only thing I, 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 I almost, I'll be honest with you, I've got to the point now where I'm like, if it's not in the movie, I don't care. Well, dude, I don't care about the fucking movie. I only care about the post credit scene with Beast. That's the difference. I couldn't give a fuck about the Marvels, man. Like, fucking Captain Marvel. Uh, you know, okay. Black Captain Marvel. No interest. Camilla Khan. Jesus Christ, I slogged through a show. I feel like I've done my duty already. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> combine all three of them together and I'm just massively non-excited. You know what I mean? Like, I know they tried to combine everyone to make me care, but I'm just like, wow, it seems to be having a negative effect. You said Beast? Kelsey Grammer Beast? I'm like, hell yeah. Put, they should have put him in the main fucking movie. Why not? Yeah, I don't know what... I don't, I'll be honest with you. I don't actually know what Beast has got to do with fucking uh, Captain Marvel, honestly. Dude, I just explained. She went to another universe. She wound up in the X-Men hospital. In the X-Men base. Okay, sorry. I'll, I'll repeat that again, Dave, because <laughs> maybe COVID's got to your ears. I got no fucking clue what the X-Men have got to do with a Captain Marvel movie. Well, the I understand that they're in it. I get that, Dave. What I don't understand is why is the X-Men in it? Because they're trying to pump the X-Men up, man. And get people excited. In a fucking Captain Marvel movie that's not even called Captain Marvel, that's called The Marvels because... Well, no one wants to see her in her own movie? Come on, I don't a, know, man. Dude, it's, Listen, this needs to be put out into the pastures and either left to, to, to retire or shoot this fucking franchise dead, man. Seriously. Well, I mean, dude, what they're trying to do is warm up something that's very cold. Okay, like it's a very cold, stale dish right now. Like, no one really cares about the Marvels outside of, like, a very small segment of fans. Like, no one cares. They do care... And have some nostalgia for X-Men, you know, and they want to make X-Men big because they know that that's like a string to their bow, you know. And like Kelsey Grammer, you know, he's back on the news, he's on Frasier, his beast was loved, he was adored. Um, you know, they pay him enough money, he comes on, it generates a bit of excitement for something that's essentially dead. Now, I agree, it's not going to salvage the fucking movie. As the article I read a week ago said, <laughs> like... Kelsey Grammer ain't going to change the narrative here, you know? But they've got nothing, man. They've got nothing. They've got absolutely nothing. And at the same time, what's hilarious is they're so slow about getting to their fucking expert. Like, if you... if you, what I, My advice to them would be, if you're going to... Like, you already pulled out Charles, a very aged Patrick Stewart in the um, Doctor Strange thing. I need to kill him instantly. Same with Fantastic Four. Um, if you're going to do that, why won't you have the movies ready to go? You know, why is it all so slow? You know, you've got all this fucking time, but it's almost like you're still testing the audience. It's like the audience likes X-Men. You know, the audience likes X-Men. They want X-Men movies. They don't want the Marvels. They don't care about Captain Marvel. They don't give a fuck about Ms. Marvel. They don't, they don't even understand who black Captain Marvel is. I read that whole segment out. I'm like, I don't remember really understand any of what I just read. Um, Monica Rambeau, Maria Rambeau, you know, Binary, they throw lots of names at me. I don't care, you know? <laughs> um, you see what I'm saying, Rich? Like, it's it's like they're, they're, I've said it before, they're feeding us crumbs. I would say scraps of crumbs and expecting us to be like lapping it up, you know? 
lapping it up. The, I'm telling you, Kel- lap it up. Kelsey Grammer ain't saving this movie. Kelsey Grammer's just taken the cash. He's come in. You want me to play Beast again? Say something about Charles. And then they don't even have the decency to use special effects well. So he doesn't even look good. Which is even more fucking funny to me. That, like, they've got all the fucking money and they still can't do that right. You know, that's, that's almost offensive to me. Like, 2014's Kelsey Grammer Beast looks way better, apparently, than 2023's Beast. Where he's got to be on screen for, like, about 10 seconds. You know? What yeah, would, it wouldn't surprise would me. Would this have been funny? Though. This would have been funny. If they, if they came in a sliding door and he's like, Charles wants to see you, uh, speak to you. And then, and then um, the door opens and then behind the door you've got a line of all the X-Men, like, waving from the old, oh from the old movie. Like, everyone's like, hey, hey, and then it just closes. Like, it, But that's almost what it is. It's almost that egregious. It's almost that sort of, like, pandering. Like, it's like, remember, remember Beast, remember Kelsey Grammer? And we're going to wheel him in, and he's going to mention Charles, and I'm surprised he didn't mention Logan at the same time as well, and, like, just dropping names, you know? Like, it's just... Yeah, drop those names left, right, and centre. Yeah, but, but as I've often said, and I say this with Disney, <coughs> with their Star Wars and their Marvel shows, lot of, like, a lot of name-dropping, very little actual quality content. You know what I mean? Mm. A lot of bullshit... Um, sometimes I wish they would just say, let's just focus and make a really good story with characters people care about, instead of just sprinkling, like, little, almost gags in there and expecting people to be excited. Like, I don't know. It just sucks to me. I just think it sucks. And I think this movie will suck. It's 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 the it's the simple fact that we've we've literally re, we've lived through with Marvel now we've lived through the all new Marvel twice, sure. You know, so if you remember, there was a there was a period when they were calling it the all new. Was it called the all new, all different Marvel, or just all new Marvel? Where you know, uh, Cap, you know, Falcon was Captain Falcon. Sure. Um, yeah, uh, I remember. Yeah. You know, uh, Vision's got a daughter. Uh, you know, you got Mars. You got Miss Marvel. You know, and so they and that you know, uh, a female. You know, what young kid, female Hawkeye. You know what I mean? Like they were, yeah. They were just pushing all of these new characters, some of which were good. In, you know, yeah, but yeah, but again, when you, if you're pushing like twenty new characters, one or two are bound to be good or sure. uh, good. But my point is, is that the movies have have, have been in such a rush to get. Oh yeah. To that all new, all new, uh, all new, different oh, Marvel yeah. uh, instead of instead of just why. really yeah. simmering and spending time with the actual proper characters of Marvel. You know the ones with pedigree, with yeah, totally. 50, 60, 70 years worth of development and story. No, let's rush. Let's rush to get all the the newer yeah. characters. And it's like I don't get that. Like uh, it's just it's bullshit. Again, baffles me. Oh, I totally agree. Like, yeah, I, uh, th- that that I 100% agree with, Rich. Well, I think half the problem is, like, dude, they can't be trusted. Like, honestly, like, all this talk about what creative geniuses they are, it, a real genius who was in charge of it would have made, say, the Hawkeye show amazing. Do you know what I mean? Mm. Um, but they didn't. Like, they didn't make it amazing. They didn't make it past... I don't think they made it past one season. They made one season of it, dude. Like, they fed us scraps again. Do you know what I mean? Like, it's like... 
if you really wanted to invest and dive into this stuff, there's plenty of fucking material. There's plenty, you know, and you can add your own shit in, but there's, there's, there's a wealth of material, and, and some of it is the cream of the crop. And considering they don't have to punch out, it's not like they have to punch out a movie a month. You know what I mean? Like, Hawkeye doesn't have to have 12 movies in a year kind of thing. You know, like a comic book has 12 issues, for example. Mm. So you could do it, but they don't do it. Instead, what they do is they they made their big splashes, they had all their early successes, and then I feel for a long time, they've then they've gone to what I call scrap feeding, you know, which is scrap feeding. Scrap. I've said it many times. Very limited stories. Spin it out over eight to ten episodes and wash your hands and walk away, you know? And yeah. most of the time... It's been underwhelming. And I tell you what, as someone who loved... I really enjoyed Loki Season 1. I have not yet watched Episode 2 because Episode 1 was so fucking boring that I just... It it did everything I don't like in a sequel, which is basically trying to talk about the previous thing. They spent the entire first episode talking about the previous season. And nothing is worse, you know? You're like, I want to come in. I want to feel fresh. Oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, so, I mean, yeah, I've heard a lot of people say that, I mean, almost no one's even watching Loki. Yeah, no, it's, really, it's like, died, man. It's, it's completely died. Like, And it's so weird because it was one of the shows, the original season, that was considered like one of their better efforts. People were talking about the original, but it's just amazing how the, it's just gone so cold, man. And, and actually, it isn't just the audience has gone cold. The product is also... The product, which was never amazing, has now gotten, I would say, below average. That's what's happened as well. Like, the audience has gone cold, and there is fatigue, but the product itself as well has declined in quality, you know? And mm. that, that's, a, that's a recipe for disaster because really, I mean, I watched episode one, and honestly, I'm at the age now, Rich, where if you don't get me in episode one, uh, unless I have a lot of people saying to me, keep going, I'm not going to watch. I, I know I watched all of episode, season one and enjoyed it. Watched episode one with Michelle. We were both like, do we even want to keep watching this? You know? And I think I'm a pretty open-minded judge. Like, I gave very high marks to um, Ahsoka, and I enjoyed Mandalorian season three. So I don't always go with, uh, you know, the crowd. But I was like, this sucks. It's, it's boring, you know? And... Mm. And everything I'm hearing from people is like, Tom Hiddleston's apparently saying this is the last thing he'll do with Marvel, blah, blah, blah. Like, you know, like, I I think it's just bombing, basically. And they're in real trouble. And um, it will be interesting to see if this movie, I think we both predicted it'll it'll make less than 500 million. And let's see if it does, the Marvel's movie. Maybe it will. Um, I have heard some people say, people I respect, like um, Stella went and saw it. She said, look, it's a really bad villain, as in, you know, not a good, not a, well-developed villain. She said it was enjoyable. Like, she was... It, it's enjoyable. She had fun with it. Um, but, you know, that... It wasn't, like, the most glowing review of all time, but she was like, it's okay, kind of thing. But, um... Oh, by the way, the, the Hunger Games has a prequel out. See, on Metacritic, it's got a... Dude, on Metacritic, it's... Oh, dude, everyone says it's, like, one out of fucking ten, one out of five. On Metacritic, like, the Marvels has 50. Exactly 50. And that's interesting. Because that's actually really unusual. I, I, you rarely see that. So that's not good. Um, generally, if these movies make it into the high 60s, that's usually a really good superhero movie. 
But, um, <laughs> oh, my God. You, you, you look on the thing. Screen rant. The fucking money's cleared their account. 90 out of 100. <laughs> like, it's like huh, New York Post, zero. <laughs> yeah, no, oh, no, no. Oh, and you know what? It's the same chick, apparently, that's playing um, Snow White. Really? Yeah, in that new Hunger Games, the the the, the lead chick is. Oh, you're the talking same about Hunger Games. Rate. Sorry, I'll show about the I'll show about the Marvels. Um, Hunger Games has got a fifty-three. Oh yeah, yeah, but it's this. Uh, it's uh, it's like everyone. But here's the weird thing: everyone's bashing that movie. Mm. But, if, but but all the reviewers are like, oh, but Marvels is a fucking eight out of ten, nine yeah. out of ten. You must go watch it. Sure. Well, I don't know. I, I, I really enjoyed the Hunger Games books and movies. I, I read all the Hunger Games No, but books. I'm talking about this new, um, yeah. years, this new prequel or whatever it is. The, years, the before, serpent, whatever. years before he became the tyrannical president of Panem, 18-year-old Carolina Snow is the last hope for his fading lineage, a once-proud family that has fallen from grace in a post-war capital. With the 10th annual Hunger Games fast approaching, the young Snow is alarmed when he is assigned to mentor Lucy Gray Baird, Rachel Zelga, the girl tribute from the impoverished District 12. But after Lucy Gray commands all of Panem's attention by de- defiantly singing during the reaping ceremony, Snow thinks he might be able to turn the odds in their favour. Uniting their interests for showmanship and newfound political savvy, Snow and Lucy Gray's race against time to survive will ultimately reveal who is a songbird and who is a snake. The Ballad of Songbirds and Snakes. Mm. Anyway, whatever. I mean... Sounds like shit. It does sound... <laughs> it, you, know, you know what it sounds like? We need to come up with something. <laughs> we, 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 well, that's my point. Like they, I feel like they just... They need to make prequels of everything, and they just... Whatever. Well, uh, Lee, you will figure it out later. Those movies made a lot of money. I'd be interested to know if I, I really enjoyed the books as well. I, I read all the books. The the first two books are far better than the last book. The last books, unfortunately, it's a little rushed. You can tell it's still good, but it's a little rushed. I'd be interested to know if she wrote um, that prequel. Did she write? Was it Susan Collins, I think, is the name, isn't it? Um, yeah, I don't. Um, I doubt it. Maybe she did though. Just let's have a look on her Wikipedia. I'm just I'm interested because um, she wrote a prequel, yeah. Uh, dystopian action adventure novel. Ooh. Yeah, so she it was released in 2020. So, yeah, she, she pumped that out. Um, yep, so she did. At least she did. At least, at least she did that. I'm glad. Always glad so to she see can only, So she can only blame herself. Uh, no, it's fair enough from her perspective. Like, those movies were huge hits. Of course, you should do a prequel if, you, if you're an author like that. Like, or a sequel. I think, you should, I think you should only do a prequel if you've got a fucking idea for a prequel. Well, I'll say this. I'll watch it. Or, if you've got a better idea, you know. Yeah, but she wants to make money, Rich. You know, like, it's, you gotta, you gotta, she'll never have a hit as big as The Hunger Games. You know what I mean? Like, it's one of those things, like, she struck gold kind of thing. It's like J.K. Rowling. J.K. Rowling can do a lot of things in her career. She'll never have a bigger thing than Harry Potter because it was that huge. Hunger Games is pretty big. Um, So that author sort of has to acknowledge that either they do something different and they'll probably lose like 70% of their readership or they can keep mining it and they can retain, you know, a much larger chunk with with, with their stuff. And Hollywood's interested because it's connected to the... You know, she can sell it to Hollywood to keep making Hunger Games shit. Like, I, from from a, from an author standpoint, I can understand it. You know, I'm not saying it's going to be good, but I can understand it. 
you know, because, like, at the end of the day, it's a payday, man. It's a big payday, too. You know. Uh, again, I guess, I just, I don't know. I just don't think people should um, weaken their properties, you know. Yeah, true. But, I mean, look, George. You know, I get it. Are you like, oh, my God, I've had some success, um, you know. Oh, my God. But I'm like, okay, but, but then sit down and say, right, do I have any other ideas that I've been working on for the year? Don't just go like, oh my God, it's just a, I better bang out a fucking prequel or sequel right now. <laughs> yeah. And you've, and you've put no actual thought into... Well, the problem though is, Rich, like with something like Hunger Games, like honestly, audiences will forget. You know what I mean? Like even though it was big, it's not in 10 years, sort of the audience has completely moved on. Whereas if she bangs it out now and she gets it out, you know, people still remember... Um, Due to mainly the actress being so big, they remember the Hunger Games movies. So you sort of only have a window with something like that. You have a window before audiences move on. That's the thing. Like just from business perspective, uh, you know. Like I mean, yeah, I guess. But I mean, I suppose then. But but if you didn't mean for something to, do you know what I mean? Like if you were just telling a self-contained story, yeah. Then I think you know you, you've got to be very careful about being like, oh wow, I really had a success. I better, you know, do another one. You know, it's not like say Ian Fleming with James Bond. He knew that he wanted, you know, um, he had ideas, story ideas for like a spy. You know, he had a bunch of stories. So some yeah. were good, some were great, some were like yeah. eh. But he had a plan. Yes. To you know to have a character that he could tell many stories about. When you do something like this Hunger Game stuff, and you may be telling a really contained, you know, beginning, middle, and end story. It, you might not find it as easy to do a prequel or a sequel if you've never given it any thought. Is my point? Yeah. Well, I'll tell you something. Especially uh, if you're going to bang one out quickly, you know, instead uh, of yeah taking your time and working it out and saying, okay, like what's what's going to happen. Well, I'll but, tell you something that I read in an interview with her. She originally was only gonna, it was only going to be one book. And then the book blew up so big that they said to her, we need more. Like, so when she originally wrote that book, mm. she wasn't planning a trilogy. She, she she didn't have any idea that it would be the hit it was. And then the the publisher was like, this is going crazy. Like, we need more. And, and her second book's actually very good. Um, her follow-up's very good. The third one is good, but it, it's got a rushed ending. The rushed, uh, you know, which is a common criticism in trilogies. Like, the... The ending is a little rushed, um, and you can tell. You know what I mean? You can sort of tell. But she, to her credit, her sequel was very strong. Um, and I, I, remember, I remember being very impressed by the sequel. So, look, she's pretty gifted. Like, um, yeah, but, like, th- this, like, when they said we're going to do an origin of President Snow, I was like, ugh. I was like, ugh, really? Like... And it's going to be, we all know what a horrible person he was. You know what I mean? And it's like, oh, but, you know, we're going to have to see him and we're going to sympathise him with him a bit more, I'm sure. And his deal with the devil, which I'm sure he has. And, you know, you, you, it writes itself and not in a good way. You know what I mean? A yeah, lot of, a lot of, sure. a lot of very tight old beats, I'm sure. You know? Like, yeah. So, anyway, we'll, we'll, we'll see. And certainly, it, I don't think the, the prequel book. Was it certainly wasn't the talk of the town like the original Hunger Games. I'm sure it sold okay, but it certainly didn't. Um, the simple fact is that I didn't even realise it was a book. You know, I've heard about this movie much more than I've heard about the book. 
Um, now, this was funny. Michael Kellisham said, Taylor Swift's concert film has made more money than Blue Beetle and Shazam 2 combined. That doesn't surprise me at all. I mean, Taylor Swift's enormous. Um, yeah. And, and neither of those movies were hits. They were both bombs. So I'd be more surprised if it didn't, you know? Um, I, yeah, I think the Taylor Swift movie has made tons, actually. Absolutely tons. So would have destroyed. It can probably swallow another movie as well, I would say, by the end of its run. <laughs> yeah, I mean, but again, yeah, I mean, yeah, it kind of feel like you're comparing apples and oranges if you're saying like, wow, it, it made because I mean, it's Taylor Swift, man. I mean, that's yeah, like she, she, the Beatles made more than you know this movie, and it's like, well, yeah, it's the Beatles, like, exactly. you know, yeah, he is the new sort of Beatles. Oh no, she's enormous. Um, R.I.P. Matthew Perry passed away whilst we were on break. I knew he had his demons, um, but I thought he was pretty funny. Um, Passed away in a bathtub, apparently, Rich, in a hot tub. I don't know. The, to- the toxicology reports aren't in yet, Rich, but, I mean, he did struggle with addiction, uh, alcohol, mm-hmm. uh, I-, I think methamphetamines, all sorts of stuff. I think the guy had opioids. Opioids, that's what it was. Like painkillers and stuff. He, he was really... Oh, yeah, yeah. He, had, he, had, uh, he, definitely, yeah, he had addiction problems, so... Um. Mm. Uh, but I mean, he was never shy about it. I mean, he went on shows and all that, and you know, even had arguments with Bill Maher about like you know a god and all that sort of stuff. Sure. Where are you on that? When people are like, "I'm just addicted. It's just my personality." Does that give them a blank check to you? Because it doesn't to me. I'm still like, yeah, okay. I mean, no, I don't. It doesn't give you. Um, it certainly doesn't give you a blank check to do whatever you want. Yeah, so I've but, got addictive personality. Um, like, you know, can't help it. You know, uh, well, I, I think anyone can have it. You just have to find the right fucking thing. I mean, sure. you know, I mean, it's just dopamine. Like, um, everyone gets dopamine. Sure. But, you know, it's the same with me. I will, you know, uh, I could be playing a video game and I'll play it for an hour and go, whatever, couldn't give a crap, like, I don't like it. Then I could play another video game and I'm just, I, I'll play to three, four o'clock in the morning and go, oh, shit, i got to go to bed. Sure. Because... It's just, it, it resonates or it hits you in a certain way. I mean, again, you've only got yourself to blame. And again, as long as you're blaming yourself and sure. you're working on it, like, um, that's fine. Um, I mean, he went to rehab you know, 17 you keep times. You shouldn't go like, hey, come on, I told you, I've got to dig. And then you're like, no, okay, now you're just using it as an excuse to keep doing it. Well, he went to rehab 17 times, which I just, I, 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 I'm almost... Yeah, but you know what? It, it, but you, okay, mate... It, it, it's this weird thing where almost every single goddamn celebrity has a has a drug or alcohol problem, and this is what happens. Unfortunately, uh, it, it's what happens to to most sort of rich people who don't work a nine to five job, right? right? Not saying it doesn't happen to normal people, but I'm saying it very often happens in this high society stuff because you could be working for like six months and then you do nothing for a year. Sure. And all you do is go to parties or yeah. whatever, whatever, and, and you, you stop yourself from feeling bored and all that sort of shit, and you got money. To, I mean, no wonder these people all come up with bloody problems. But then at the same time, and I, I've had this conversation before, maybe acting attracts a certain type of person as well. Sure. Oh, definitely. You know, people yeah. that already have mental issues. Sure. Yeah, no, definitely. Oh, there's definitely, that's definitely part of it. I mean... Yeah, for sure. I mean, if you if you go back to theatre and stuff, like there's, I mean, there's a lot of alcoholics, you know, littered through theatre for starters. You know, um, oh, there's, it's definitely part of it. It's interesting, actually. Like in fairness, I was just sad to see him pass away, though. Like I, I, um, 
I've always enjoyed him, actually. I've always thought he was on Friends, one of the funniest of them, you know, with his deliveries and stuff. I thought he, I think he was pretty funny. Um, mm. But you are right. It was, it was no secret that he had these issues. And so, I mean, also it takes a toll on the body. Like, you know, maybe, like, you know what I mean? Like, all this shit he was putting through his body, it's affecting his heart and everything. What, he was in his 50s? You know what I'm mm-hmm. saying? Like, it's, you know, at a certain point, you're not getting off scot-free anymore. As many an old rocker will tell you, all the damage they did in the fucking 60s and 70s and 80s catches up with them eventually, you know? Um, yeah. In general. It so, always catches up with you. Anyway. Now, what happened? This guy from Night Court, Rich. I've never watched Night Court. I know John Larroquette was on it. Hmm. Um, so who died? Yeah. Um, so basically, uh, so you've never watched Night Court? I've no, honestly never, ever seen it. And I don't think we had it, actually, even. But we did have the John Larroquette show, so I am very familiar with him. Yeah, um, so there was a character um, called um, uh, Bull, right. who was basically the court um, security. Okay, the, yeah, yeah, yeah. The, the officer or whatever. Um, big, goofy, bald guy, like with a shaved head. You know, obviously his name was Bull. <laughs> yeah. So, um, you know... Uh, uh, he also, I literally passed away. I think in this almost like the same week or uh, within a couple of days. Um, right. He he never. He's been in a lot of things, but he's like one of those. Um, he's an actor in everything, and you never remember him, kind of thing. And like all a that, character you know I mean? actor, kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah, you know what I mean. Like, uh, his there's a movie I saw him in where, I mean, he spends most of the time in the makeup. It's called The House, or just right. House. Sorry. Uh, it's a horror movie. I've seen that movie. Um, yeah. uh, he was in an. Ep- I, I, I remember us when he popped up in an uh, episode of uh, Highlander. <laughs> I was like, oh god, it's Bull from Nightcourt and all that. So anyway, oh, I, I mean, this I, also, no, sorry, I he did, the, yeah, he did the voice of 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 Two Face uh, from the animated show as well. Right. Okay. Right. Wow. Okay. Yeah. Now that I'm looking at him, I have seen him in stuff. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. He 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 was around. Yeah. All right. But and that and that voice of uh, Harvey Dent in the Taz show is that's him as well. Well, he did a good job there because I used to love that Harvey Dent. Um, yeah. yeah. Okay. Well, sad to see. Um, yeah. And I and I believe Night Court has come back. They've done a reboot of Night Court. I don't yeah, know. Yeah, and they got a reboot of everything these days. So did you really watch it? Fucking... Oh yeah, I, 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 Night Court was hilarious. Man. Have you watched the reboot? Mm-mm. No, I don't watch reboots, man. How old is John Larroquette? Because he's got to be fucking getting up there. Jesus. Yeah, I think he's pushing 70 or something, is he? Okay. Well, Ooh, I, would have, I would have thought even older. Like, But I, I must admit, I knew you, I knew him from the John Larroquette show, and I always liked that show. I, I watched most of that show. So that's mm. that's actually where I know him from. But I knew he was from Night Court. But I, I actually don't think we got Night Court um, on my channels where I grew up, because I, I literally don't remember it. Um, but anyway, uh, comic book artist Steve Irwin passed away, uh, worked mostly at DC. <coughs> he co-created, oh, one of your favourites, Rich, Checkmate. Um, did 90s mm. Star Trek comics, a long run on Deathstroke, and the infamous suicide issue of Vigilante. Vigilante. Uh, wow. Heart attack at 63. Yeah, passed away, Rich. Do you remember him? Uh, I mean, I don't remember him as in like, oh, yeah, uh, but I mean, uh, I've read some of his stuff before that. Okay. Well, I mean, hey, at least he didn't kill himself looking in a mirror like um, Adrian Chase did in the comics, but didn't he just put a gun and end it all? 
Blue? I think so. I didn't. I didn't really read that vigilante because it just looked like a guy in a, a ski suit. <laughs> no, like no offense, it didn't really. No, I agree. Um, I agree. It didn't really grab me. I, I was a fan of more of um, uh, shit. Uh, what was the character's name? The pacemaker. The, no, 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 no. There was another character. He was ah oh, shit, man. It's the guy with the hockey mask and the camo pants and the dog and the bull pit the pool the, the, the guy dog. from the girl the guy from the tennis miniature turtles casey oh man um <laughs> what's his name there's a character in there's a character in dc he wears a goalie hockey mask he wears a hockey shirt with like a, a bulldog's face on it right. he's got camo pants I've and army no boots. idea i've no idea who oh, this character is oh, what's he called man it's something dog it's um, a wild dog or something yeah, I think it could be. I think it could be. Yeah, well done, I yeah. have um, heard of that actually. That does ring. I, I've never read yeah, it. Yeah. Yeah. I was more fascinated, like uh, when I just saw the wild dogs like design. I was like, right. "Wow, that's fucking interesting." When I saw vigilantes, I was just, again. I just thought it looked like a guy. In, no, I agree. Know, um, I, I think that, like I, I hate to be that guy, considering this guy's just passed away. But I, I've always thought the vigilante. Uh, Comic costume looks super lame. In my well, opinion. especially when you even compare it to the first vigilante, which was the cowboy guy. I mean, uh, the cowboy guy was... is way better, man. Mm. The cowboy guy is way fucking better looking, like you know, better design, etc. Um, now, uh, there, there has been a funny thing here. We got a bit of feedback on the on the World Cup diary. There was a funny moment, Rich. I was losing my temper after the Aussies blew the first couple of games. And uh, the personal highlight was uh, apparently people were saying, when I said, I don't want to hear about people having fun, I'm sick of that shit. Fuck the fans, fuck the crowd, focus on the fucking cup. I was very, very annoyed at the time, Rich, when I made those comments. But, uh, but seriously, the Aussie team obviously took it to heart. One thing I hate, Rich, is when a team loses and then the captain goes, oh, we're just out here to entertain. We just want to entertain. No, you're there to win. You know what I mean? You're actually playing oh, a sport it. to win. You go to the World Cup, you're definitely there to win. Yeah, but I, haven't you heard these teams? Oh, look, we just want to entertain. I hear it in the Big Bash. We just want to entertain. We're trying to entertain the crowds. Stop saying entertain. Start saying win. Seriously, I, I lose my shit when I hear people saying it. I'd like to ban that from the fucking, you know, press conferences. You know what I mean? Like, you're there to win. And I've said it many times on World Cup Diary. I've said, let's get Ricky Ponting. Let's get Steve Waugh in there. Let's get AB in there. Tell these guys you've got to win this fucking cup. You know, and no fucking half measures. No more clown town. Win it for Timmy. No more clown town, man. You know what I mean? No more clown town. (laughs) Like when Maxwell fell off the back of a fucking golf cart. An idiot. You know, um, that was hilarious. See, I know you were loving it, Rich, but luckily we're all back on board for this big clash on Thursday night. It's gonna be a big one. Tune in for more World Cup Diary. Oh, by the way, Mitch brought me news of a solid gold cricket 24 7 channel that's coming to Samsung Smart TVs first, Rich. Um, actually, you and the store probably sell some Samsungs, don't you, Rich? Yeah, yeah, well, they're, they're coming with this 24 7 cricket channel now. You can put that in your sales pitch. Um, um, Okay, that's pretty much that's that's KO already though. No, I know, but I think it's more. You are right. Mm. KO does have that. KO does have that, and I certainly have watched it. But um, yeah, look, apparently that's a new feature. They're going to roll it out more, but it's starting just with Samsung, and it's 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 basically going to start off by being a lot of eighties nineties coverage, but then they're going to broaden it out. So right now it's a lot of eighties nineties coverage of classic games and stuff. 
Mm-hmm. A lot of Australian wins at that time too, Rich. I want a channel yeah. that's just Australian victories. No losses. <laughs> you already have that, Dave. It's in your head. Just go to bed, <laughs> dream about it, you'll be fine. Have you ever noticed I never mention the losses? <laughs> I hate the losses. <laughs> one thing that really annoys yeah. me. I'll tell you one thing, that just before I get off this topic, one thing that really fucking annoys me is the 2005 Ashes, which we lost to England, which was a fucking travesty that we lost that. There was some very poor umpiring, but some poor play too. But people, including Australians, who say that's the best Ashes series of all time, fuck those people. I prefer the four nils and the five nils, which there have been many of, where we've won. Like, why do, why do you get Australians saying, oh, it's the best Ashes series I ever watched? Why? We lost. Mm. We didn't play at our best. Go watch some of the fucking series where we crushed the spirit of England for like 25 years. They're the best series. Where, you know, Warney took like all these wickets, Glenn McGrath charging in, Steve Wars racking up hundreds, like Ricky's on fire. Like, these are the best series. I just hate it when people like, they're so deluded by the press. Oh, it was the greatest series of all time. No, it wasn't. No, it wasn't. Not at all. Not at all. Anyway. <laughs> fuck. Noise the fuck Not on your life. It just annoys the fuck out of me. And they did this History of the Ashes DVD. And I watched it. And they covered the 81 fucking Ashes, which was a really incredible Ashes where both of them single-handedly changed the... the Look, that was incredible. That was one guy who, who managed to spark a complete turnaround and, and win the Ashes for them. That was amazing because that was a one-man show, basically, with a little bit of support. But then they did, they did the 81 Ashes... They did the 89 Ashes where we won 4-0. And then they, for some reason, from 89 to 2005, we thrashed them in every Ashes reach. They weren't close in a single one. They actually fucking fast-forwarded through all of that to the 2005 Ashes. And I was like, why the fuck is our dominant years, like almost two decades of dominance, just in a blip disappears in this fucking movie? Because you want to you emphasise 2005. You know, and it's like, do they remember that in 2006-7 we won 5-0? Like, why doesn't that get a fucking mention? You know, like, it, it's the, it's yeah, the skewed, it's the skewed, biased reporting trying to tell us what we like. Well, I didn't like that we lost. I fucking hated it. Anyway. I, well, I, no, look, Dave, I mean, I, okay, I hate it when people say that. Like, I hate it when we lost. Everyone hates it when they lose. That's it. Who turns around and says, I fucking love it when we lose. It's fucking great. It's the best time I've ever had. But what I mean is, like, they're trying to tell me that that's the best Ashes of all time. Bullshit. If you were England, yeah, okay. No, no. But again... If you were England, okay, it would be yeah, good. But Dave, it depends on it depends on what you are talking about in terms of best Ashes. If you're talking about just objectively something being great or good then yes, it can be the one that you lost as well if you're talking about it overall. But it doesn't stop it from an Australian fan being a great Ashes that you should have won or that you still hate because you should have won. I mean, it doesn't change that, but it doesn't mean that... So, okay, so let's say you win it and you say, that's the greatest Ashes of all time. Well, then every English person says, no, it wasn't because we lost. I I would still say it wasn't the greatest Ashes of all time. I still would say, like, it was competitive. Like, I will say that. What I will say, objectively, it was the first Ashes since 86 where they had competed and had a decent chance of winning. 
like England competed. Like, so it was competitive. But, I mean, since that Ashes, we've beaten them 5-0 twice, 4-0 once. Like, you know, we've thrashed them, like, consistently since then. And it's like, they don't, they don't, the, the fucking documentary doesn't want to acknowledge that. You know what I mean? Like, it's like, I don't know. Like, I, I, I've seen Ashes where, that were better. You know, where the wars were playing, where they were scoring tons of runs. Ricky was racking up hundreds. We were just crushing them, Rich. They're easily more my favourite Ashes than the fucking one we lost. We have to bring that up again and again and again, and they do it every single time we go to England. You know, like, oh, it's the greatest Ashes of all time. No, it wasn't. It's one of the worst. Um, anyway, it's, it's, a, it's, a, it, it's, a, it's a fucking stain on my memory. And believe you me, every single time we go to England, they try to bring it up, and every time I make the comments, and I start muting the TV, I say to Michelle, I'm sick of hearing this. You know? And I, and I feel that there's a bit of a backlash now because people are starting to say, well, you're telling me that's the greatest. We thrashed them 5-0 the next, the next encounter. And then we thrashed them again 5-0. And then we thrashed them 4-0. You know? And what, like, these, these results don't matter? You know, our team just crushing them doesn't matter because this is the one they managed to fucking nick us in in 2005 with some fucking dodgy umpiring, can I mention as well? You know? You can mention, yes. Yeah, anyway. Don't get me started. It's bullshit. And, I didn't get you started. Well, I'm getting myself started. But but I will say this. We're here to win this fucking World Cup. And I'm sorry, Rich, but your South Africans are going to have to be grist for the mill. I'm sorry, man. But, like, you guys need to go for I've it. I've told you, man. Just, just get, them to, get them to bat first. It's fine. Yeah, exactly. oh, that's right. Bat second. That's second. Win, I, I agree with you. I, I'm on board with you. Let's let's rack, let's let's rack up a big score and make this an Africans chase. Uh, now, news for anyone still playing Destiny: Keith David will take over voice acting as Commander Zavala. Does it ring any bells for you, Rich? Zavala. Sorry, Rich. I don't play the game. I mean, did you, you used to play Destiny? Didn't you? I remember you played it. Oh yeah, yeah, back in the day. Back in the day, you were a big player. I recall. Yeah. Oh, well, again, I was, I'm a Halo fan, and obviously it's made by Bungie, and um, obviously I was going to give it a go, and it, it did. It started off uh, loads of fun, um, but... It was it's, big. The, the problem for me is when it comes to something like that, I'm very much an MMO player. Sure. Um, and what that means is I need to do shit. Like, you, uh, I, you need to be do either whether it's crafting or... Or something, you know what I mean? Uh, farming for for stuff to make gear or something like that. I don't care what it is, but all you do in that game is kind of just shoot. Sure, <laughs> you know what I mean? Um, yeah, it's a battle it, game, it, isn't it? it? Yeah, yeah, but it can get a little bit um, old very quickly because all you're doing is shooting. Do you know what right. I mean? Like, I'll give you an example. If I'm playing World of Warcraft, uh, yes, obviously I'm leveling and I'm doing shit. I'm doing five-man dungeons. I'm doing raids. Again, you can do that sort of stuff in Destiny, although it's three-mans and then raids and all that. But in World of Warcraft, I can go and catch, like, critters and play, like, a Pokemon game. Right. I can uh, uh, work on my professions, like, if I want to be a blacksmith or a jewel crafter or a fish, you know what I mean? Like, I can just do these things to be like, you know what, I've got, don't not do anything, but I just want to sit in the game and fucking chill. Right. You know, maybe while I've got a movie on or something, I'll do some fishing and, you know what I mean, or, or work on my craft, you know, something like that. You can't do that in Destiny. You know what I mean? Like, Destiny is run and gun, from what I remember, isn't it? Yeah, but it's an MMO. Like, right. you know what I mean? It's an online, multiple, on, you know, massively multiplayer online game. Right. Um, 
so yeah. Oh, by the way, speaking of games, mm. uh, forget about Destiny because Destiny is old old news. Um, sure. And they and they destroying the game by the way, like it's losing players by the bucket load and. I'm surprised it has any left. I, I would have thought its day is done and dusted, but anyway. No, I mean, it's, and look, I, I, good on Keith David. I mean, fucking fantastic voice. That's, you know, he is good, yeah, he is. Uh, good for him um, for getting a job, I agree. Like, you know, yeah. Um, so that, that's cool. I mean, he's, he's, he really was in um, Mass Effect right. know, uh, as, as Anderson. Um, right. And obviously in The Thing, one of my favorite movies um, of all time. Um, but anyway, good for him. But uh, speaking of games... There's a fantastic game. Now, I love 4X games, right? Now, mm. you might not know what that is, Dave. I don't. You're, a, you're a noob. I don't know what it is. 4X is, is what they call grand strategy games, very much like Sid Meier's uh, uh, Civilization. I like that. You know, but yeah. there's this new game. Uh, new, it's a franchise, but it's the new version. It's the, the new sequel that just came out. It's called um, Age of Wonders 4. Right. We're basically... This is how cool it is. You create your own fantasy race and faction, right? right? Well, I mean, you can use a pre one, or otherwise you make your own one, right? Uh-huh. And you make them whatever you want. Mages, necromancers, barbarians, paladins, fucking whatever. Now, you can also do sub in that as well. So, for instance, you can mix and match. Mm. So, like, I could make, like, barbarian druid like nature lovers do you know what i mean or i can make um uh a pa- dwarf paladins which is what i did when my first playthrough i did dwarf paladins with industrial so went for the dwarf thing but made them kind of paladins so all they do is make holy gear anyway you make your faction all this sort of shit you form it you go in there you fight shit you form stuff you conquer blah 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 mm. all this great stuff unlock all this sort of shit but here's the cool thing mm. when you finish a game mm-hmm. your character is elevated to or has the option to elevate to the to your pantheon mm-hmm. right and when you put them in that pantheon mm-hmm. they become uh, an optional npc that the game might use right what it does though is you two options you can either flag maybe you're like ah oh, i wasn't really happy with this leader but you know what he's a cool warrior mm-hmm. so you can flag him as a hero unit which means when you are recruiting a hero, he might or she might be in that pool mm. for you to recruit them as a hero for your army. But if there's a ruler that you create you like, you can put them as a ruler, and then when you're playing a game, you might actually run into them. Okay. And be like, oh, hey. What's you it know called? What I mean? and so What's this called? It's called Age of Wonders 4. Okay, cool. And it's a bit like Civilization. Yeah, so like, so, but instead of building a normal civilization, it's it's a fantasy civilization. So you're building. Oh, that's cool. You know. Well, I I used to love um, that that um, style of game actually. Okay, like, yeah. I said uh, oh, I played so much Civ Six that I'm waiting for Civ Seven. Like I need something to for me to play. Very addictive. Uh, while I'm waiting for Civilization Seven. Yeah. Very addictive. I, I was playing my medieval Total War. My hard drive collapsed. I think I lost my game, but yeah. I was I was kind of getting sick of it anyway. Well, this game is basically like if Total War mm. and Civilization had a baby. Well, that sounds cool. So Age of Wonders. It's very similar to that. Uh, it's it, it's it's very it's a good, it's got a lot of elements from Total War and a lot of elements from um, from Civilization. And in fact, with the combat, you can even make it real time, like it is in Total War, or you yeah. make it turn based. What What do you do? I do turn base. I like turn base. Okay, cool. Yeah, no, it sounds really cool, man. Um, really cool. Now, um, 
Superman and Lois will not be renewed after season four, Rich. Um, yeah, apparently, eh? Were you watching? No, nah, I watched kind of the first season and then... I don't know. I watched the start of it and I thought it looked okay and I just kind of dropped out. I, I just... I can't even sometimes explain why I drop out of stuff. I just... I actually think it's... There's so much stuff that you've got to make some decisions and I guess I'm still going on my Smallville, you know? I'm, I'm, mm. I'm, I'm, I'm at the tail end of Season 7 now in Smallville, by the way. I'm really enjoying yeah, it. You've been, well, as I said to you, one of the benefits of you being sick is you have read and watched so much shit in the last, like, two weeks. No, I have, like, yeah. I, 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 re- I really have. I, I read a lot of Superman. I'm actually taking a break because I read so much. I'm up to book four <laughs> of, of New Krypton. I, I, I've, I've slogged through it all. I've really enjoyed it. Like, And, you know, sometimes you need to take a breather, you know what I mean, after a good week and a half of that reading, mm. especially when I was ill. Um, but you know, I find Smallville very relaxing to watch. I think I'm so deep in it now that it's it's just easy, you know. Um, well, I've I've been taking a break, and you know what I've been watching. Uh, have you got Prime? Yes, dude. They have got so many um, spaghetti Roman movies on there. Really? Um, yeah. So you know, it's it's basically like it's the spaghetti westerns, but it's yeah. it's basically. Um, it's it's um I, I watched two just this weekend um hero of rome yeah uh again you can tell some people are speaking english some people are not um are obviously italian or whatever yeah, yeah. Uh, or whatever and uh, i watched that one that was a lot of fun and then i watched um and they've got like uh, oh and i watched um was it was it called giants of rome i think it was called something like that yeah, Giants of Rome. I watched that one. Deep Grim Soldier, led by the courageous Claudius Marcellus, um, handpicked. And then they've got Hercules against the Sons of the Sun. Cool. Sign of the Gladiator, the Trojan Horse, Hercules, the Invincible, um, uh, uh, Esther, uh, Esther, Esther. I can never pronounce it. And the King. Cool. Queen for oh yes, and a uh, Queen for Caesar. I watched. You would get a kick out of that. That's the. Um, it's the Cleopatra. Uh, it's a Cleopatra movie. Wow. Okay. Uh, and, wow. And season one. After so after this show, t- t- text me some uh, of those um, and I'll I'll check it out. Yeah, I just started watching them on the weekend. I just saw they had a whole bunch of them. I'm really happy. And they're mostly fun. Italian. Yeah. Oh my fuck. Yeah. And let me tell you something. I am so impressed with them in terms of just the amount of people that they get. Like they did this in the hero, um, the hero of Rome one. Mm. They must have got thousands of volunteers. Mm. To just like come in a field and have a battle and then and and I'm like, man, this is nineteen sixty like fucking four mm. or something like that. This is before Lord of the Rings and CGI and all that. Mm. They got thousands of people to come mm. and participate to make it look like not low budget. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like you know, like oh there's a, there's an army of like a hundred, ooh, and they're battling. No, no, no. This is like a sea of bloody people. Like I'm not saying it's 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 Sounds cool. It's amazing. Sounds awesome. All right, well, that's good. Um, now, Terminator is coming back as a Netflix anime series. So, <laughs> yeah, I'm interested. I think that could be okay, uh, don't you? I think that could be all right. Sure. Like, why not? Like, why not, man? You know? Like, you know, it's, uh, I'd, I'd watch an animated Terminator. It'd be awesome. You've got to make it violent, though. It's be very fun. Um, yeah, I mean, you have to. It better be fucking rated R. Uh, mm. I mean, yeah, the thing is, I mean, if you told me, like, 
this has been made in like the the eighties or the nineties mm. when anime was when they did these like awesome bloody animes. Mm. Um, uh, with like the, the the cyberpunk, you know, Ninja Scroll, mm-hmm. Akira, you know, very bloody, very sort of violent stuff. If you told me like that they were making a, a Terminator, I'd be like super excited. But a lot of the stuff today, the problem is, is that it doesn't. It looks too too cartoony. What they do sometimes, mm. yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like even with like the they've got that animation with the boys and all that. You go, yeah, but it looks so childish. Like. Mm. You know yeah. what I mean, and I don't know. It's just it's not the same. It just doesn't. Are you watching just... the Invincible um, season two? Is that yeah, yeah, yeah. I've, I saw the first two episodes. Enjoying it? Yeah, I mean that's better. But I mean, obviously, it's got that. Um, uh, what do what do you call it? It's based on a comic book, so definitely. Yeah. It's, so they've got the same style, which yeah, is fine. Definitely. Uh, now, big news: Chuck Dixon, uh, Jason Statham is going to start in a David Ayer directed Sylvester Stallone script, Levon's Trade from Black Bear and Bill Block's block film. Um, so oh, this is obviously Chuck Dixon's uh, Leave on Kate book series, which I absolutely fucking love. And we've had Chuck on the show many times. Uh, mm. And he's spoken about how Sly has optioned this, uh, firstly as a TV series, and now he's placed it as a film with Statham playing uh, Leave on Cade, which I think yes. is interesting, um, obviously. Um, uh, in the books, um, he's a Southern Alabama uh, native Levon Cade uh, and obviously we've got a British guy um, Jason Statham playing him but you know what I'm down for it like and uh, I, I'm just excited it's going to happen like what a, what a what a thrill it must be for you know it's so hard to get stuff happening in Hollywood I think you know a lot of stuff gets stuck and mm. it, this feels like it's got some traction Jason Statham's a big name Sly Stallone behind it I'm very happy for Chuck yeah I mean look I do I, I do get that like it it might be end up being another um Jack Reacher problem. Sure. So, you know, obviously Tom Cruise, nothing against Tom Cruise, love Lost Samurai, obviously love Top Gun, love, you know, mm. his Mission Possible movies, but he was not the right actor for Jack Reacher. Sure. And uh, oh, by the way, they just dropped season uh, trailer for season two of the Jack Reacher show as well. My so dad'll be very happy. My dad'll be very yeah. happy. Uh, but I do get that this could be this could be another thing of like I get it. Statham's got a name, mm. but for people lovers of the book, just like they never accepted Tom Cruise as Jack Reacher, he might have the same. He might have the same problem. Mm. He might. We'll see. We'll see. I, I think um, it's gonna be interesting. Um, Disney are set to buy Comcast's remaining thirty-three percent stake in Hulu for over eight billion dollars. So Disney will. Yeah, take that stake over. Um, now, this was interesting. Martin Scorsese, um, his killer of the flower moon, has made $80 million worldwide, um, losing to Taylor Swift's era concert film. Um, three and a half hours runtime. Wow. Um, I just can't... I mean, I'm all for Scorsese. I'll, I'll watch this, you know what I mean, when it comes out on streaming, but I, I couldn't sit there for three and a half hours in a cinema. I'm sorry. I'm too old. What do you think, Rich? I, uh, I just yeah, put it I mean, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. It's a, it's a bit much, isn't it? Well, you know, like I'll watch it at home. You know what I mean? Like I'll, I'll happily watch it. I, I, I like Scorsese. Yeah, at home, of course, because you can pause, you can get up, yeah. you can check your phone. But yeah, if you go, you go to the movies. I also, I don't think I can be sitting that long in movies either anymore. Well, yeah, I, I don't know, and I, I just think, um, as well. 
I'm not surprised that its its numbers aren't astounding as well. Like we've spoken many times, I think the cinema landscape has changed. I think three and a half hours is a very long time. I think people associate Scorsese with a certain kind of serious movie, you know, and that isn't the mass audience anymore. Um, and you know, partly that's not a good thing, but I'm not surprised. Like, you know, it costs two hundred million dollars to make. Okay, but like. He's, he's going to sell it, I'm sure, to streamers and blah, blah, blah. It's supposed to be a good movie. I did see Hilarious Thing, um, and I am very supportive of Native Americans, as you know, but there's been a bit of backlash amongst some of the Native American uh, actors in Hollywood against the movie, and, like, whoever the Native American lady is in this movie, she was like, oh, to her fellow Native Americans, only watch it when you're ready. You know, like, be aware it could really trigger you. <laughs> it's like, oh, God. Like, you know, like, it's... Like, it gets to a point where I'm like, seriously, if, if it's going to worry you that much, don't watch it. Like, honestly. I have to say this. Like, I, 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 I'm totally, utterly fucking baffled by today's mindset, right? You weren't alive then. I don't understand why it would trigger you. Yeah, you might be like, "Oh wow, look at that! That's pretty shit that that happened." But, but I mean, I can I can literally watch as someone who's descended from Scotland. Sure. I can fucking watch Braveheart without being triggered. Yeah, do you know uh, what I mean? Yeah, I don't sit there going, "Oh no, look at my Scottish brethren! Oh, 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 I'm Scottish. This makes me feel awful." Do you know what I mean? Like, for God's sakes, you weren't. You are so far removed from this. Oh, Why will, on earth would it trigger you? I yes, would you feel uncomfortable? Sure, but triggered? Come on, man. I will say something in defence. They do. They have suffered into the modern day. The Native Americans. They, you know, they, they were screwed over by the government. They were put on reservations. Those problems still exist, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. So there is. I, I get, I, I get to a certain degree. They have definite problems, and there's alcohol addiction. There's all sorts of issues that stem from their treatment. That said, that said, I think this is political correctness gone way overboard when you have the actress coming out. She's like, oh, you know, I really feel for you guys. Like, oh, be really careful when you watch it. Like, it's like, I don't think you need to baby people that much. You know what I mean? Like, there needs to be a little bit of, like, toughen the fuck up. Because you are right, I'm Scottish too. And by the way, a lot of Scottish people, when they watch Braveheart, I like, fuck the English. You know, they, they, I've, I heard yes, a lot of, you know. I don't leave the, I don't finish watching the movie again. I, I can't, I'm shaking right now. No. Like, I don't know how I'm going to fucking survive, you know. <laughs> I need to go speak to my therapist. Or like, I, I just, yeah. Jesus But But Christ, I, 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 I have seen, I've seen people come out of 300 pretty pumped up and looking for a fight, you know. Um, movies, can, people can react emotionally to movies on a primal level. It can happen. Um... You know, but I, I just think that this overly apologising after... Like, the chick from Reservation Dogs had a lot to say. You know what I mean? And it's kind of like, okay, love. Like, it's a movie. Calm down. You know? Like, it, yeah. I saw someone with Oppenheimer saying that... Scott, it was like some famous critic said um, Nolan should have spent a bit of time with the Japanese, like, pondering about, like, the effects of it. And it's like, well... Like, he's telling a fucking story of this guy. Does he have to include every fucking angle just to make you feel better or, or not? You know? Apparently he does. No, he doesn't. And it, it, you know, you'll never... You, you'll to never, them, apparently he does. 
Yeah, but you'll never please everybody. That's the thing. Like, I'm interested in seeing the movie, Killers of the Flower Moon. I'm not interested in going to a cinema and spending all this money and sitting there for three and a half hours while my ass falls asleep, you know? Um, <laughs> I watch it at home, man. And you know what? I, I watched The Irishman and I enjoyed it. But you know what? I thought The Irishman could have done with a bit of editing, you know? Um, a bit? A I, bit? Look, I enjoyed it, but I, I, I did feel like there was a lot of fucking padding, you know? Like, it was enjoyable, but I wouldn't say it was great. Like, it was enjoyable to watch, kind of like, uh, you know, sometimes you're watching a show, like, could be a Vikings, a surprise. Yeah, yeah, this is fun. Uh, I don't really think it needs to be on the Mount Rushmore of films or anything, but, like, yeah, Scorsese can pad, you know, he can pad. Uh, and he certainly does at times. Now, we have some Doctor Who news. And by the way, with the length of the news this week, Rich, what I think I've decided we're going to do is we will pause all our book reviews into next week. I think because we've got so much news. So, um, oh. unless you have any egregious problems with that, I think this way we can get through the news. And I have, uh, the only egregious problem I have is with the modern book that we read recently. Well, we can review that. Fuck that. We'll get that out of the way. Okay? We'll, we'll review one book, which is the Superman one. Yeah, let's, let's give the listeners a six-hour marathon one. Yeah. Um, now, Doctor Who, I'm so excited, confirms a new spin-off show with returning cast members. Tales of the TARDIS is a six-part series. Um, it, uh, basically, these are specials marking the 60th anniversary of Doctor Who. What's really pissing me off, and it, I, I am serious now, and I'm, I'm naming fucking names at the BBC, this Tales of the TARDIS, which covers all these different Doctors reuniting with companions from yesteryear, um, specifically uh, Peter Davison, um, Colin Baker, and Sylvester McCoy, because obviously um, Tom Baker is now 94, I think, and, you know, doesn't want to do anything, and um, the others are all dead, so that's impossible. Um, but it's not available anywhere outside the UK, and it's difficult. To, you can get it on torrents and stuff, but it's difficult. It's mm. bullshit. You know, it's fucking bullshit. It's bullshit. No, it seriously is. Like, I feel like I'm in fucking Braveheart now. I want to burn down the fucking UK. You know what I mean? Like, overthrow the government, anything, so I can get this. I'll do whatever it takes, you know, to get this. No price is too high. I'm like Jabba the Hutt, who wants Han Solo for his carbonite fucking collection on the wall. I want this fucking thing. Someone find it for me. Do it. You have my authority. The Emperor has spoken. Do it. Do it. I like Captain Solo right where he is. Ho, ho, ho. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Yeah. That's my favorite. Like, just the way the Emperor goes, do it. Like, I think everyone can do that. That like do it. <laughs> Let the hate flow through you. Um, have you ever heard the story of Darth Plagueis? <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. Anyway, like Ironic. it's fucking <laughs> bullshit that we're in 2023 and like seriously, I, I, I'm serious. I'm ready to burn down the fucking internet to get this. You remember when I said to you I wanted to create that virtual world and I wanted to blow it up? I want to blow the fucking world up to get this. I, no. Price is too high. No stone should be left unturned. I'm calling for all the Doombots out there to rise up and get Dave a copy of this. Because seriously, I've had enough bullshit going on in the last two weeks, man. You know what I mean? I need fucking this. I need it. Seriously. Just like I need the World Cup. All I'm asking for is a World Cup and then the fucking six-part Tales of the Tata series. It's not asking for Is that much. all? That's fair enough. That's all right now. Call up in bed. I'd be that guy. I'd sleep with the World Cup. Seriously. The first night, I'd just sleep with it. 
<laughs> I would. Just like what fucking Messi or whatever when he won it. Remember all those pictures where he was carrying it around and stuff? Um, yeah, why not? Now, uh, the three specials will feature the return of David Tennant as the Doctor and Catherine Tate as Donna Temple Noble, set to roll out over three weeks beginning <coughs> November 25. Uh, two days after the 60th anniversary. I don't know why they couldn't time it for the 60th anniversary. Anyway, the specials will stream on, on Disney+. Plus. Which, screen, which grabs streaming rights to the series in 2022, with the exception of the UK and Ireland with air on the BBC. Um, now, Disney has also released a trailer for the special... <coughs> for the specials following a first trailer in September that showcased the saga's main antagonist, Neil Patrick Harris's Toymaker, a villain first seen in Doctor Who in 1966 and a now mostly missing run of episodes, the Celestial Toymaker, Rich... I did not realise he was making a comeback. That's pretty cool. They're bringing back a guy from the mm. 60s. Awesome. Yeah, also apparently one that there's no um, like actual like footage or anything on. Apparently nothing survived. Yes, I've only seen pictures of him. Like, you know, stills pictures of him over the mm. years. Um, and I've never read Fascinating. the story. I've never read the story. Uh, well, it's because the BBC stupidly deleted all the old stuff they just deleted all the old films so heaps of them got lost and and they've only been able to salvage some of them from foreign places like australia or private collectors it was a stupidity of the bbc in the 60s into the 70s stupid stupidity stupidity but um i'm excited man and i'm actually uh have just got the audio um audio sort of novelization and reenactments or not reenactments but the soundtrack of the tv series they've got that so i'm going to listen to the celestial toy maker episodes man so that i'm in tune so nice. I'm, ready, I'm ready to fucking go man i'm, I'm, I'm so ready to rock there. and roll I, i'm so there man for this i am so fucking there now finally doctor who's gonna be good again now um the original daleks episode the second story in original Doctor Who after The Unearthly Child is being colourised and mm. edited down to a 75-minute movie version with new music. Um, brand new Dalek material <coughs> written by returning showrunner Russell T Davies and recorded by the original Dalek voice actor David Graham, who is now 98 years old, Rich. Wow. As well as a stirring new score by Mark Aries. Um, yeah, new dialogue. I mean, well, can you imagine being 98 and they've come back to you and said, you know, can you record some more stuff? I mean, I'm surprised the guy's fucking able to speak. I can barely talk and I'm 49. Um, yeah, I'm just so fucking excited for all this Doctor Who stuff. This Russell T. Davies seems to have gotten the shit back on track, you know? Like, finally. After all the bullshit that Doctor Who's been through the last few years, you know? Finally, we're getting someone back to basics, man. Back to fucking basics. They said, Celestial, basics. They said Celestial Toymaker. Played by Neil Patrick Harris, who I like. I said, yes, please. Give me more. Yes, please. Yes. Please, sir. May I have some more? Yeah. Can I just put this out there right now? And I want to get your instant reaction. Um, AI, 1970s era Tom Baker episodes. New. What do you think, Rich? Possibility? If it's fine with his uh, estate, it's fine. It's fine with his estate. It's fine with me. They've got a flight by me as well. It's fine with me. Yeah, but you don't count because you keep flip-flopping on AI, so. <sighs> not on this. Oh, this is not. Oh, yeah, not, not on that. Not on this one. <laughs> <laughs> not on this one, man. Not on this one. This one, I'm, I'm in lockstep. 
This when did, are you not flip-flopping, This and the Sinatra one, man. This and the Sinatra movie. I've said many times I want the Sinatra movie with Dean Martin. <laughs> Remember, what was it the other day, the Kennedy assassination movie? I, I tried to turn it into a Rat Pack movie. <laughs> well, Sinatra was involved, you know. And Dean Martin was close friends with Sharon Tate, uh, who was killed, obviously, in the murders. And... Um, some other linkage, Roman, Roman Polanski, etc. The, the whole thing's all connected, man. If you drop a diagram, you know what I mean? They're everywhere. Sammy coming in. It makes a lot of sense when I was when I start. I'm not. The, I'm not here to draw your diagrams, mate. When I start putting the pieces together for you, Rich, are, are you sometimes like Dave's making a lot of sense tonight? You know, like, <laughs> like it's like yeah, I do. Yeah, you, you're sort of like at first you're dismissive, and then you're like, Actually, Dave's Dave's hitting some home runs here. You know what I mean? Mm. That's what the listeners mm. are saying, man. That's what the listeners are saying. <laughs> is that what they're saying, Dave? They they're what the listeners are saying. Yep. Now, Marvel's Blade is reportedly being made for under $100 million after multiple creative changes. Um, this is hilarious. There was one version of the script, Rich, that bumped um, the star, Marisha Ali, down to fourth lead with a story led by women and filled with life lessons. <laughs> And apparently, well, I, mean, they kind of, I mean, to be fair, I'm mean, not filled with women, but they kind of did that to um, Wesley Snipes in the third Blade movie. Yeah, well, that was the worst one. But he far. actually became like the third character in yeah, that yeah. movie. Yeah, well, they had Hannibal King, didn't they? And they had Jessica Biel as well. Um, mm. True, they did do that. But, um, but anyway. Um, apparently, Ali grew so frustrated with the script he considered leaving the project altogether. Um, what do you think about less than 100 million? I mean, I'm surprised they haven't spent that much already in pre production with the way it's been half going, half on, half off the whole time. Uh, yeah, I honestly, I think this is, this definitely feels like, um, troubled productions. Uh, I feel like it's probably a movie they should just be like, fuck it. It's, 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 we, we never had a plan. Yeah. Or the plan we had has, has fallen through or the, has left or falling out or firing or whatever the fucking, whatever the reason is. Mm. Um, yeah. I, I think it's time to cut your losses. This movie, I think, even if it comes out, will probably bomb. Wouldn't it be hilarious if we went and saw it and it was like a really slocky, like 70s kind of low budget, like a bench. It was like, like a really slocky 70s horror movie with like really bad looking vampires and stuff. <laughs> and it's like it's a Marvel movie, and they just completely fuck it up. But anyway, so also Marvel apparently the execs are noticing the numbers aren't too hot. They reportedly consider bringing back the original Avengers cast for a new movie. Um, the returns of Robbie Downey Jr., Tony Stark, uh, Scully Hansen's Black Widow, etc. Um, reportedly, they haven't committed to this drastic proposal. Um, primarily due to the high salaries of those main stars. But it is kind of funny that um, <laughs> they're in such trouble that that actually got floated, you know? That tells me that they're actually... The, the bean counters are now getting worried. They're like, but this is our golden goose. Why isn't it Why isn't it making a billion dollars? We thought all we had to do was put a movie in cinemas. You know, they're suddenly... Yeah, real, they're well, suddenly yeah that's the... They, they think that a lot, don't they? I do. That's the problem. Like these studios just think, oh fuck it, yeah, people love the this franchise, so we just need to make a movie and pff, Bob's your uncle. Well, it works for a while. Bucks. It works for a while, and then it cools down. And once it cools down, it can be really hard to heat it back up again. That's the the, the thing is, none of this is new. Like none of, none of these none of these problems 
are unforeseeable, they're quite predictable, um, and again, they didn't focus on quality, they diluted their brand, and they only had themselves to blame, and I honestly don't feel that sorry for them. Really, I don't. I just, I, I think they were so busy patting themselves on the back for so long that they ignored some fundamental problems. And just, and I hate to say this, but even just like the poor special effects on Kelsey Grammer, that tells me you haven't learned some key lessons. Because in the last few months, that has been one of the primary things that people have complained about, the poor special effects in Marvel movies. I mean, sometimes I think too much they complain, but we know it's a complaint. And then you put out Kelsey Grammer with poor special effects. Well, you know, you could have fixed that. You know what I mean? That was totally in their power to fix. They just fucked it up again. They went mm. cheap, they went rush, and they fucked it up. Totally fixable, you know? But they didn't do it, so fuck them, you know? I, I don't care, man. At the end of the day, these execs, they could be fed to the fucking lines, you know? Seriously. Like, I wouldn't worry me. One fat exec dies. <laughs> so what? You know, Darth Vader style. Just kill them. Um, Billy Crystal and Danny DeVito are working on a throw moment from the train sequel. <laughs> that made me laugh, actually. <laughs> like, Jesus Christ, talk about waiting a while. Like, when was thrown over the train? It was like in the 80s, 86, 87, 88, somewhere around there. Yes. Good movie. Yeah. Funny movie. Very funny movie. But, wow, we've waited till everyone's really old and past it. We've waited till a lot of our audience has died. <laughs> <laughs> not, not quite, but sure. No, but it's just it's just a long time. Like you know, I I I've not heard even heard of this movie in recent years, and I I love the original. Actually, I thought it was very funny. Um, but yeah, it's gonna be it's gonna be a, it's gonna be a it's gonna be pretty hard to make that one a hit. But we'll see. Um, now, a movie I am looking forward to, Richard, is the Napoleon movie. A really Scott, yes, dude, I am actually excited for that too. Yeah, we'll do a full review of it on the. We won't even do a cinema of doom. Of it. Why not, Rich? We'll do a cinema of doom review of it if you if you're down for it because it'll be on streaming. So it's coming out on Wednesday, twenty second September, and I believe it's going to Apple TV. I, I hope straight away. In which case, it'll be easy to get. Um, I think it's, it's coming out in cinemas though. Yes, but it may have a multi release. I think on Apple TV. Yeah, but I, honestly, I that's sort of the movie I probably might want to go to the movie. Again, yeah. I don't go to the movie very often, but that might be the movie that's like, you know what, let's yeah. go see this at the cinema. Fair enough. Okay, now... I mean, come on, big, big uh, uh, battles. Yeah, true. You know, big battle on the big screen, that'd be fucking awesome, man. Do you, hoping this, I'm hoping this one Napoleon wins. Do you reckon? Do you reckon he'll change it? <laughs> Jesus, dude. <laughs> oh, oh. Um, Ridley Scott told people who were criticising the accuracy of Napoleon to get a life. He told them to get a life. It was pretty funny. <laughs> like, Ridley Scott just doesn't hold back when when he's interviewed at all. He just is like, he's just, he's almost like, go fuck yourself sometimes is what he's sort of saying. Um, so I'm looking really forward to it. Uh, let, <coughs> you know what, let's do some internet research. Is Napoleon going to be available on streaming? Is Napoleon going to be available on streaming straight away? Let's find these answers out. Because, like, I'm like the only fucking person in the world who's asking these questions. Like, no one does any fucking research anymore. You know, that's that's yeah. that's what annoys yeah, me. It's just, it's just you, Dave. I know. I, I, I know it is. And it just annoys... Oh, my fucking God. Is Napoleon going to be 
on streaming straight away. Like, could it be more? Could I be more blunt to the internet? Here we go. If it could be. Mm, Napoleon streaming date January and February 2024. So no, it's going to be on. Um, looks like it's going to be theatrical November 22. Uh, fans can expect to drop on Apple TV sometime in January or February 2024. Yes, so I will see it on cinemas as well, Rich, because Woo. I want to be able to watch it. All right, now, um, Netflix executive um, has made a surprising reveal about the Barbie director, co-writer Greta Gerwig, Gerwig, new two-film adaptation of C.S. Lewis's classic fantasy novel series, The Chronicles of Narnia. I'm excited. Um, she's going to write and direct at least two of the movies based on the books. The first of these is targeting a production start next year. Apparently, there's a surprising reveal. The plan is to take the arc of the entire seven-book series and adapt it for a screen, effectively compressing it into one story. And essentially, what I think that means is it's all... I think what that means is it's all going to be done in two movies, which I think is a fucking disaster waiting to happen because it's such a good book series. Why would you want to compress it so much? But... Anyway, and also there's this thing about, like, obviously um, he added that Gerwig grew up in a Christian background and the books are very much based in Christianity, which they are, so it's likely the films won't shy away from that aspect. Even myself, the atheist, agrees that you shouldn't shy away from it because that's such a central part of the books, in my opinion. Um, Rich, what's your thoughts, man? It's just your opinion, though. No. <laughs> well, um, that's what they paid me for, Rich. That's true. You get paid a lot of money for that. Lots, man. Lots. It all goes on coke and horse, though, unfortunately. You there, Rich? Well, I mean, that's probably how you got COVID, to be fair. Yeah, probably. Yes. No, I, I, think, it, I, think, it, I think it came back to bite me, the lifestyle, Rich. Yes, I agree with you there. Should have been living healthier. No, but what do you think about compressing it into two movies, seven books, man? I think that's awful. No. Uh, yeah, I mean, that is... Absolutely woeful. I mean, it's it's just as bad as taking one book and making it three. <laughs> you yeah, know what I mean? Yeah, like, yeah, um, yeah. No, um, I think that's wo. Yeah, fucking woeful, man. Yeah. Well, I'm glad we agree. Um, yeah. So let's see what happens. Um, I don't know. I, I love the books so much. I, I, if anything, I think you could flesh the books out more. I, I don't know why you'd want to be compressing it so heavily. Like, the other thing about the books is too, they're quite different. Like, that's the whole fucking point. Different um, people in them, uh, different situations, exploring different ideas. Like, they're, they're really a, they're a real journey, you know, in a lot of ways. And it's not just Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe. It, it really is like a big story. And there's so much... You, you could flesh it out and make them more interconnected, but I wouldn't be compressing it down to two movies. I, I don't understand that. Uh, some some exciting news for, just off this. The Jack Reacher producers are hatching a Mike Hammer movie series. I don't know if you're familiar with Mike Hammer, Mickey Spillane's character, Rich. Um, uh, vaguely, yes. Oh, I was a big fan of the TV series in the 80s. Big fan. I loved it. And uh, Kiss Me Deadly um, is a really good movie with Mike Hammer. A really good... He's a tough private eye, basically, um, who gets the ladies. He's a real cool character. Mickey Spillane was a great, great... Um, creator uh back in back in the sort of 40s and 50s and stuff and uh yeah no i i'm, I'm excited for this uh mike hammer he's real old school man 
You know what I mean? Like he likes the ladies. He's Mike Hammer. It almost sounds like MC Hammer is short for that. Yeah, he's a wise-cracking, <laughs> hard-hitting private eye kind of thing. Like he's kind of the template for like a lot of that kind of stuff. Um, he's pretty cool. Uh, Nicholas Cage calls AI inhuman and a nightmare. Says CGI changed his Superman Flash cameo. Spider fight was not what I did on the set. That's interesting. He was he was basically saying like it was a complete aberration and an abomination compared to what he did actually when he attended back in the nineties. But this AI stuff in in a lot of ways, you know, it is it is kind of a nightmare. I I get it. Even though I want my Sinatra movie, there there is a nightmare there as well. You know. Yeah. It's Terminator, man. It's fucking Skynet, man. That's what it is. It's fucking Skynet. I know it. I know it for a fucking fact. Yeah, but I mean, we're, we're pretty much... We, we are... As humans, we are we are determined to go that way, aren't we? I know we? we are. Yeah. Oh, yeah. We're, 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 we're rushing there. We're, we can't get there fucking fast enough. It's hilarious. Like, it's, it, we, we have got to the point where we're like, instead of going, oh, shit, we should be careful. What a... What a dangerous parable that was. We we almost go, oh, that's fucking cool. I want to live in the apocalypse. <laughs> yeah, exactly. No, very true, Rich. Uh, Shogun, um, really, really good book. Ever read the book, Rich, Shogun? Uh, uh, no. It's such a good book. It's basically, in, in essence, the story is um, this guy, a British trader, I'm trying to remember the story, washes up on the shores of Japan, uh obviously way back in time, I forget exactly what year, but it's in the 1600s or 1700s, when Japan is still isolated um, from the West. They, they sort of shut the country down. And, um, you know, he, he literally washes up ashore and then he gets involved in one of the families and stuff and it's, there's lots of politics. Yeah, yeah, I know, yeah, I know, because I think they even did a movie on it with... Uh, they did. Yeah, TV um, series, TV series. Yeah. yeah, was it Michael Chamberlain or something like that? or Someone like I that, yeah. I forget yeah, yeah. exactly who. And in fact, I watched that as a kid, and it's derided now, but as a kid, I loved it, and I went, but I went and read the book. The book's excellent. It's actually a series of books. I read at least two of them. They're huge. I read at least two of them when I was in school, and I really, really adore them. Um, anyway, they're, they're going to do... Um, uh, FX are going to do basically a big TV series about it all. So, yeah, it's going to be super interesting. I um, I have a question, Rich. I was reading uh, New Krypton. Does the Guardian in the Superman comics have any powers at all? No. Okay. Because he was doing some shit against Kryptonians where I was like, how is this guy making any impact on Kryptonians? I know, it's ridiculous. Though. It's almost like a guy dressing up as a bat with his yellow belt. <laughs> what the fuck should he do to Superman, you yeah? know? Oh, right? come on, man. No, you're not right. Batman's one of the world's premier martial artists, man. Seriously. Oh, oh yeah, of course. And though. he's I forgot got, there's like, a lot I forgot of... There's exceptions to the rules. He's huh? got a lot of fucking tricks up his sleeve, too, in his utility belt, which you're forgetting. He's got a kryptonite ring, for starters. Well, Guardian has a cool helmet and a fucking shield, so... That's about all he's Checkmate. Got Checkmate. No, I think the Guardian kind of sucks. Um, yeah, but, I, but that's just but that's just so typical. Like <laughs> the rules, fine as long as you like the character, but it's bullshit when you don't like the Batman's character. Batman's a lot fucking cooler than the Guardian, dude. I'm sorry, to break the news to you. Like a lot. But my point cool. is, Dave, you can, you literally, mm. I don't care how cool he is, mm. if you are saying that a human being, no matter how athletic they fucking are, and how much they work out. 
should not be able to manhandle a Kryptonian, then every fucking scenario where Batman beats Superman is bullshit. No, because he often does it with um with trickery. Oh, 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 well, guess what? Guess what? Guardians best friends with Superman. Maybe Superman shared some fucking deals and he said, "Hey, this is how you take down Kryptonians, my buddy." I think it's bullshit, man. I think well, I think I'll think bullshit. I agree with you. I think <laughs> fucking Batman taking down Superman is fucking bullshit. But Batman does it with a kryptonite ring, dude. And, and no, he, dude, he let him fucking beat song. the shit out of Superman without a krypton. Don't fucking come with me with that bullshit, man. <laughs> he doesn't usually smash Superman up just one-on-one without kryptonite. He has kryptonite, like, level on his... He'll get, like a, he'll get a suit or some bullshit, Yeah, he gets, he gets out the hell suit. That's what you're referring to, isn't it? He gets out the hell suit, man. Yeah, I don't care. What he does, yeah. mate. I'm sorry. You, he brings you, out the hell suit, dude. No, it's not the rules for thee and, and different, like, no, I'm dude, sorry. If Batman, Guardian, if Batman should not be able to beat Superman, then I agree with you. Guardian shouldn't be able to Guardian beat any Guardian doesn't have jack shit other than a shield. Batman brings out the hell suit. He brings out the kryptonite ring. He brings out all sorts of shit. And Sonics, he hits Superman with Sonics. I'm not saying in general Superman no, wins that battle. You put him, you put him to sleep now, Dave. Well, anyway, my point is, man, like, Guardian sucks. That's my basic point there. Um, yeah, anyway, so... Oh, yeah, there's a... <coughs> Ray was excited about this, and he asked me to put it on the show. There's a new brand called Marvel Spotlight. Echo is apparently one of them, where the shows and movies are standalone and have no ties to cosmic stuff that Endgame and everything else was built around. And I replied, I couldn't give two shits about Echo, Ray. Seriously, like, <laughs> fuck Echo. Like, he's like, no one knows anything. No, no, the, the news item was like, nobody knows anything about Echo. I, and I wrote, as my reply, except for the fact she sucks. <laughs> That's the only thing. And also, thought. as it should be, no one should know who fucking Echo is. No, I, well, I still don't. Uh, people were, like, complaining because they've taken away a power in the show. And I was like, no one gives a shit about what Echo. was power? I thought her power was just being mute. No, her power apparently is she can replicate what people do. Like, sort of similar to Taskmaster, I think. Uh, like, you know, like, she can replicate stuff. I don't quite know. I've never read a fucking Echo comic in my life. But anyway, apparently that's not in the show. They've just done their own thing. And the guy was like, oh, that was really hard to do in the show, so we just chose something else. And some sections of the internet, like the five Echo fans, were super pissed off, you know, because <laughs> their favourite character's one fucking power was taken away from her. You know, so they were crying out racism, sexism, everything. Mutism. Every isism. Every ism. Yep. Ableism. Ableism. Yep, that's a new one. That's the one we like to throw around. Now, I'm not actually quite 100% sure what it means, but I have heard it thrown around. Um, it took me a long time to work out what virtue signaling was. I, I, I really. Virtue signaling. Virtue. Vir, virtue. Virtue signaling. Yeah, I, I, I struggle to understand what it is. It's basically just saying, like, that you're super PC, isn't it? Like, you're doing things that are super PC to make yourself look good. Is that what it is? Basically, yes. You are trying to say to people, look at me, I'm uh, I'm woke, I'm down with it, I, you know what I mean? I understand all my transgressions. You, you basically just want, you want people to notice you. Yeah. 
That's that's all it is, and you want them to notice it by by thinking that you're some sort of fucking Gandhi or, you know, you know, like, or, you know, oh, I admit that even though I've never had a racist thought in my whole life, I'm racist just for being who I am and my cultural background. And I'm like, okay, well then, if your cultural background dictates that, then then so does everyone else's culture. So what's your point? Yeah, I don't know. Um, one thing about Gandhi, I heard he was a real prick. I was, yeah, of course he I was, was reading man. something that apparently Gandhi was a real prick. Like, yeah, everyone. Yeah, I mean that's definitely come to light. Mm, I don't like, think it's a sexual I don't think harasser it's a, and um, stuff. Like, yeah, real seedy motherfucker. Hmm. Which is kind of funny. I didn't know that. Um, yeah, mind no, you, I, I knew nothing I about Gandhi. I stories too. Oh, well, you've done more research than me. Um, I I always kind of thought he was like you know little Indian Jesus, and then it was like. Well, you know. he's, he's like the Indian um, Muhammad. <laughs> well, whatever. You know, whatever. The fuck he is, man. Like, do I really care? But but the thing was that, you know, he's a real prick, apparently. Apparently he's massively racist as well, which was kind of funny. So I, I, I read, I, look, I don't know. I read he was a racist and a sexual harasser. Interesting. Oh, yeah, he loved, he loved a woman. He loved <laughs> the ladies. Yuck, but he was like this emaciated little Indian. Like... Wasn't he? If you look at him, wasn't much to look at. Can you imagine being hit on by Gandhi? Well, there was that joke yeah. of everyone oh. said that he walked around in his diapers. Oh my God. I remember the <laughs> funny thing with civilization when there was a glitch where Gandhi nuked. You remember that? No. Uh, like it became a meme where Gandhi nuked the world or something. Because <laughs> the AI got like fucked up or something. Um, or just the way the AI designed, he just stockpiled a massive amounts of fucking. Um, That's awesome. Um, well, they have stuff, leaders, yeah. don't they, in civilization like Caesar and I assume Gandhi's leader. Yeah, yeah. but again, they have an AI, and obviously, um, uh, there was something happened where. So, with, with civilization, you remember that there's multiple ways you could win. Yeah. Um, you like you either had to be the first one to like uh, put a rocket into space. You either had to win by eliminating every other uh, faction. Yeah. You could win by uh, 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 what do they call it? So it's a military win, a science win, or a cultural win. Right. Um, and somehow with his AI, he was supposed to be oh sorry, and religious, and he was supposed to be more of a religious one. So I think this was this in Civ Five. I think it mm-hmm. could be Civ Five, but there was some glitch in his thing where basically yeah he just. He stockpiled and just just killed the world. It's <laughs> yeah, like nuclear devastation. Well, Gandhi went his own way, didn't he? He was like, "Fuck it." He's like, "We got to fight fire with fire." These fucking British have fucked me over. I'm gonna fight back. <laughs> Hilarious. Yeah. Um, but I just thought it was funny. But but like you know, I you, you, that doesn't get a lot of press because he was like mythologized, wasn't he? Or is, is it allowed? Oh, sure. Yeah, yeah. Because yeah. it's allowed because he's like um, he was like the you know. Symbol of the anti-colonial and all that kind of stuff, you know, because the British had been ripping off India for X amount of years. So, anyway, it's kind of funny. I thought it was funny. <laughs> like, was he assassinated? Yeah. Was he assassinated, or did he die naturally? Oh shit! Um... I I don't know. I've got a feeling he may have been assassinated, but I I could be confusing. I know some of his relatives were. I don't. Yeah, I don't. Remember him he was being pretty old, so maybe he died of. Let's find out when he died, Rich. Maybe he did. Maybe Gandhi. Let's find this out. We're doing some research on Singleton. He was, yeah. He, he was shot. Was he? Yeah, I felt he was. I've seen the movie. 
And um, yeah. but I think he was pretty old. With the one with Ben Kinsley. Yeah, yeah, it was a good movie. Um, that movie really leaned into like the mythologizing of Gandhi for sure. Um, yeah, he was. Couldn't pretty... make that movie today. White guy. Yeah, isn't it funny though that like he got away with that completely? Not him. I mean, like, the people who made it. Do you know what? Fuck it. He looks like Gandhi though. No, he does. Yeah. Like, I mean, to me, I'm sorry. I, I understand that that to brown his skin a little bit, but Jesus Christ, he was a he was a spitting image yeah. of Gandhi. I'm sorry. Like, yeah. I thought it was actually pretty good casting, if I'm being honest. Here we go. Gandhi was with his grandnieces in the garden of Barilla House on his way to address a prayer meeting when Natrumu Godsi, a Hindu nationalist, fired three bullets into his chest from a pistol at close range. According to some accounts, Gandhi died instantly. Okay. And then the other accounts, he, 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 he died 30 minutes later. Okay. Well, he was pretty old when he died. He was at least in his 70s. 78. Mm. 78, man. Wow. Well, you know, you live by the sword, die by the sword, man. You know? That's it. That's it. You can be a pacifist all your life, but it won't stop a bullet. You know? Won't stop some fucking guy coming out and gnarling with three bullets at the end. You know? Very true. Say what you like. Um, anyway, uh, wrapping up stuff here, a rare Sandman story cements itself as a fan favourite with a hardcover reprinting. It, it's the Little Endless books, um, which were done by, I believe, Jill Thompson, um, and basically it takes all the, you know, dream, death, delirium, etc., and makes them into almost like... Um, you know, like the fucking Muppet babies. Like, if you imagine that, but as, like, um, you know, the endless characters. Mm-hmm. Like, they're, they're, they're little the baby versions of themselves. It's pretty cool. I, I, I thought it was cool. Um, voice actress Tara Strong was fired off a Kickstarter project after tweeting support for Israel. Um, oh, look, I'm, I've said many times pro-Israel on this podcast. I'm not going to go into this any further, other than to say it's ridiculous that she was fired. You know, and the fucking project owner said it wasn't a difficult decision. You know, and all she did was tweet her opposition to Hamas after they murdered X amount of people. Um, yeah, it's a very strange and bizarre conversation that's happening at the moment. I'll say that. I think it's ridiculous what's happening. I saw some stuff in, that made my stomach turn that I saw... In New York, these people were going fucking crazy with Palestinian flags and stuff and had the cops sheltering in the police station. Apparently only about three or four of them were charged. It's like, you got these guys on video. How come every single one of them isn't jailed? You know? They were rocking the police station. They were doing all sorts of shit. They were waving their flags around, declaring they'd conquered and stuff. It's like, how the fuck are we not jailing these people? You know? Well, why are the police hiding in the police station? Go out there with fucking battens and show them who's boss. You know? Seriously, it's the only it's the only language they understand. You know? Don't get me started, but it's bullshit. Um, Tomb Raider. Netflix is releasing a Lara Croft anime soon. Good. Fucking good. I want to watch it. Things are finally turning my fucking way. We're getting a Terminator anime and a Tomb Raider one. Good. Netflix has announced it's making a Devil May Cry anime. They're by the showrunner for the Castlevania cartoon. Devil May Cry is the hack and slash video game where demon hunter Dante hunts and kills demons while trying to earn enough money to buy pizza and strawberry sundaes. Is that right, Rich? I don't think I've actually played that game. I don't know. (laughs) I was thinking that um, it was Ninja Gaiden 
which I love, but it's Devil May Cry. I, I, I have played a little bit of it. Oh, shit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sorry, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so that makes which, which, Wait, wait, which Devil May Cry are we talking about? I don't know. It's a Devil May Cry hack and slash video game. It's now being made into a cartoon. Yeah, but... Uh, no, no, no. So they'd, they'd probably be doing the classic one, not the remake that was done by... Or was it Team Ninja or something like that, that that everyone fucking hated? Hopefully they're doing the good one. Yeah, so it'd be the proper Dante. Um... Did he turn up in a Mortal Kombat or something? I feel like he did. No. Something like that. There was a fighting game where he turned up. I'm sure. Uh, I think that was maybe Soul Calibur. I don't think it would have been Mortal Kombat. Yeah, there's a fighting game where he showed up that I played. And I don't know what it was, but it, but I remember his. That's where I remember the character from. I, I swear to God, that's maybe I'm, maybe that's a fever dream from my COVID, but I believe it's I believe it's a real thing. Um, Lionsgate's moving forward with Henry Cavill and Chad Stalewski's Highlander reboot. Thank fucking God, I need this bad, dude. I, you know what? Add this to the World Cup that I fucking need and the Doctor Who episodes. I want this as well. I'm getting fucking greedy in my bed now. Seriously. Mm. Seriously. I love the original Highlander movies. I don't need a remake, though. I love the fucking TV show as well. Seriously. Oh, yeah, yeah the TV show. That's on Prime as well. Oh, but can I be honest with you? I got so really fucking angry with Highlander, right? What? Because I don't know why the TV show couldn't just be Connor, right? Mm. And you could have a different actor. I mean, for God's sakes, uh, Richard Dean Anderson played the character of Kurt Russell and they looked nothing alike. It's his you know cousin, what I mean? man. Huh? It's his cousin. No, but what happened is is they got to a point because they were the, the show became popular. Mm. They actually got to a point where, where Duncan killed Connor mm. in like one of the final Highland... Well, not the final, but... In the Highlander movie, so that he could take over the franchise, even though they're technically in a Gates Highlander two, right? You know what I mean. So they're basically retconned it. But I was just thought to myself, yeah, but you could have just said, hey, this is the TV show, and we're basing it on Connor, and it's just all the shit that he did, and we're going to give you more flashbacks and. What, why why were they killing each other? They were buddies. He's in the first one. Yeah, well, he killed him. Duncan really? killed Connor in the movies. Chopped his head off. Took his power. There must be more to the story than that, though. They were actually friends, you know? Yeah, but uh, they had to. They were coming down to the fucking last or something, and they reckoned it to be that uh, Duncan killed him. To the quickening. Yeah. Wow. Gee, wow. Really? Mm -hmm. I like that guy. I've I've reached out to get him on the show. The the actor who plays, um, is it Duncan? Or is it? Yeah, Duncan. Duncan's from the TV show, yeah. Yeah, Duncan. Yeah, I've reached out to him. Adrian, someone. Yeah. Yeah, man. It's still in progress. Um, I picked up uh, a new hardcover Batman book called Batman The World that was on discount for nine ninety nine. Rich. I thought, mm. sure, nine ninety nine for a hardcover. Looks tempting. Open it up. I have no idea what the story was, but the image I saw of Wonder Woman could honestly have been the work of a child. It, seriously, <laughs> it was extremely average, Richard. I put it back. I was like, no thanks, I'm saving my nine ninety nine. Like... I opened it up, and I was going to buy it. There was no question. And then I opened it up, and I looked at this picture, and I was just like, I can't believe what I'm seeing. And I was like, no. I mean, it was like one of the worst depicted Wonder Woman ever. Terrible. 
I don't know. I don't know what to tell these people who are making this shit, man. Like, because they've lost the fucking plot. Um. Oh yeah, yeah. Jesus, yes. I mean, oh, um, oh. Look, we'll, we'll discuss this when we when we get to just the one Superman comic that we sure that they will talk about. Um, okay, but yeah, the oh, com, com, comic art today is oh my god. By the way, um, this thing, funny thing about Disney doing an about face on Snow White. Did you see this, Rich? Um, yeah, like so, uh, uh, apparently, uh, um, so. I put in the news, right? So this shows you what happens from week to week. I put in the news that they shared a photo, right, mm-hmm. of um, the the well, they're not calling the dwarves, but the magical creatures, and they look just they're, like they're not calling dwarves. the dwarves, really. No, they're still calling them the seven magical creatures or whatever. Are you but fucking serious? Surprisingly enough, they are all CG little characters that look like. <laughs> Big dwarfs, right? Like right. when I say big, I mean like um, width and girth and all that, not height. <laughs> right. Well, so they released this picture, it. and I think they were trying to be like, "Oh no, no, look, look, look! We're going to make him look like dwarves, like the dwarves from the show and all that." But now, a week later, apparently, <laughs> it looks like they might be just like redoing the whole movie really? and recasting and everything. To what though? I don't understand. Can I make it to actual dwarves? Yeah, right. Like, well, why were they... Remind me, why were they didn't want them to be dwarves? I, I thought that was the whole story. Uh, because of people like Peter Dinklage who claim <laughs> that uh, uh, being a dwarf is uh, uh, doing something dwarf-related but is offensive. But isn't he one? Or am I wrong? No, he's definitely one. Yeah. So what's his problem? Doesn't want competition, maybe. He just wants to play them all. The only man who can play dwarves is him, apparently. He was having a cry months ago about this, wasn't he? Well, didn't he, like a, like a year ago, I'm sure we covered this on the show, he was having, he was complaining about it or something. And the other dwarf was saying, fuck him, like, I want to play a dwarf. Like, I don't get it. Like, but how could you have Snow White and the Seven Dwarfs without the dwarves? Like, I don't well, get it. Because, then, because they just call in at Snow White, you see. Right. So maybe it's they're not dwarves; they're just people. Was that their idea? So it could just be seven miners, kind of. Well, thing. if you remember, you saw that one picture. Yeah, it was like there was actual one guy that was a dwarf, and then there was a black chick and a right. Um, really, uh, I haven't seen any of uh, this. Oh, there was a, yeah, there's a picture of like the standings or something like that, but it was definitely um, I'm just so a bunch of weirdly random dressed people. I'm so confused <laughs> by this story. I I am. David is struggling to understand this story. Like, so they're trying to get away from the dwarves, but at the same time, not really. Is that well, it? Now, they are, now they're getting back into it, so. Yeah, because no one knows anything about it. Here we go. I found the news item. So this is going to be interesting. They're worried that it's going to be a financial disaster, firstly. Um, they announced the delay on Friday. Uh, they've made a $330 million turkey. Oh, okay. I'm looking at the picture now. Okay. In a new publicity shot, Rachel Zelga is seated and surrounded by seven CGI dwarfs mm-hmm. with the diverse originals. Oh, my God. What the fuck am I looking at here? That. Oh, right. And then below it is supposedly the... Oh, it's so bad. The original picture. Have you seen the original picture? Before the... Yeah. The, yeah. Like, the live action one? 
Mm-hmm. Oh, my God. It's one of the worst things I've ever seen in my life. It's got one guy who's a dwarf. That's what I said. They, they literally had one. One dwarf guy. <laughs> he's loving it. He's got a thumbs up. He's like, yeah, fuck you guys. I got in. <laughs> <laughs> I'm the only one, Marcus. <laughs> yeah, he, he literally <laughs> looks like that's what he's saying. Like, fuck you, I got in. <laughs> and then they've got one I'm guy. I'm definitely going to stand out in this movie now. Firstly, they've got a chick, which I don't remember there being. Like... I'm remembering the dwarves were like happy, grumpy, all that sneezy, dopey, mm-hmm. all that shit. Like that's terribly offensive these days, though. <laughs> you can't have sneezy and dopey and stuff. Sleepy, a doc as well. Remember doc? What was offensive about them? They were okay, happy. Every, everything grumpy. was everything. Dave, come on, don't be that guy. Oh, come Being on. a dwarf is just offensive. No, but like they had little personalities. Each of them was different. Like you had Sleepy and Dopey and maybe Dopey was a bit on the nose, but you had Happy and Doc and someone else, Grumpy. But look at this. Okay, so... Okay, so like... All right, the original Seven Dwarfs are offensive. This picture is fucking offensive. It's got one guy at the back wearing some kind of rainbow hoodie. He's not a dwarf. He's tall, firstly, in a red thing. And then it's got a black chick. Of course, they're going to... I don't mind that. They're going to do some race swapping. That's fine. They've got, like, a, a black pirate-looking guy. They've got some guy who looks like he's about 50 <laughs> with a beard and, like, sort of, like... He looks like he's trying to be, like, like a wizard. They've got one jerk-off doing, like, a little sort of, like... He just looks like a little medieval page boy. They've got a black guy with an afro. And then they've got the one dwarf who's got a thumbs up and he got a real fuck you on his face to everybody. <laughs> it's the worst picture of all time. <laughs> it's it's terrible. And then in the new picture, they've got the dwarves, which is... And even they even look like, yeah, the, the, this is how it should look. Like, it's like the old-fashioned dwarves. Uh, you know what I'm not seeing? Any blacks. It's It's all white, man. Pretty um, racist. Oh, yeah, I, I, in the, the new CG in one, the you new mean? the new CGI one. i tell you who's going to be gutted. The original dwarf, who was in the original picture, who's so fucking happy with himself. If he doesn't get in this, he's going to be so gutted. Because he's one step away from doing a big thump, big FU to everybody. Look at this fucking mm-hmm. clown, this tall clown with like what looks like a rainbow hoodie on. What's he playing at? Like, you're not a dwarf. Yeah, you're right. The seven magical creatures. They don't look like magical creatures. They just look like seven idiots. Six idiots <laughs> and one dwarf. I don't know. But I am surprised they haven't, you know, blacked it up for at least one of these dwarves. Like, I, I do think you should get some racial representation in there. Why can't you have an Asian dwarf and a black dwarf and whatever? Why do they all need to be... Like, that's one thing which Disney... But, but Disney have kind of won it so far. They want to get back to the original. You know, they've scared themselves. With their stupid diversity, because they yeah, because of the backlash. That's hilarious. Did we cover this in news? Because I did not know this man. This is the funniest thing I've ever seen. Well, again, this all happened. Right. So we, the first part of the story, the picture of, yeah. of them looking like well, that was the the week that we were supposed to do the show. Oh, right. And okay. then this week, right. a whole new shit uh, happened. This is. I'm so glad that you did this because I didn't know any of this. I was completely blissfully unaware in my COVID coma about all of this. Um, this is awesome. I'm so happy with this story, Rich, because I just hate the... It's like saying, we're going to do The Hobbit, but 
you know, hobbits are offensive because they're small, so now they're just going to be adult, normal humans. And it's like, fuck you. <laughs> we want the hobbits. Like, also, what's we so offensive? But, like, if I can be honest, what is offensive about it, really? Like, there are dwarves in real life. Like, they're not, like, magical creatures, but, like, those, you know, little people, whatever you want to call them, like, they're, they're around. I, you see them every now and then. Like, why can't they have a fucking show? Like, what, what's so offensive? If you hire a few of them to, to play the role... To me, it's more offensive, you know, when you use kind of like um, regular-sized people to play those roles because you're robbing the sort of little dwarves of their fucking gig, you know? Mm. Like, how is that any better than um, when they, you know, like if they have a black act, sorry, a black character and someone wears blackface and everyone's like, oh my God, like cancel the internet. How can normal tall people play dwarves and get away with it when there are real dwarves? You know? I, that's how I feel about it. Like, I, I don't understand what Peter Dinklage yeah, is. Yeah, the, well, the, that, that's my point. Like, I, I don't understand. And, and this goes back to my whole thing of like the whole live action discussion and all that, right? If you're going to do something live action, then fine. I don't agree with it, but then fucking do it live action. Right. Right. Use actual dwarves. Yeah. Right. And if you're not going to do live action, you're going to go the CG route, then do the whole fucking thing CG. Not this, 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 this abomination hybrid that is going to be so jarring because, Mm. you know, um, I'm just because like, the dwarves are just going to stand out when they, if they make them all these CG guys. It's you, you just, I don't know. I've I, yeah. I, I'm uh, just, I'm confused. just thinking about it. I'm confused. I, I would have thought if you scoured all of Hollywood, you could find seven dwarves. You know what I mean? Like to play this role. I I also don't think it's that demanding a fucking role to play either. I I would I think many a dwarf actor could play these roles. Seriously. Peter Dinklage isn't the only fucking dwarf actor capable of acting. You know? Oh, don't tell him that. This is a feel-good movie. This is a feel-good movie. It's not a think piece. You know, Snow White's got a job to do too. Like, the dwarves are, you know... I like the dwarves, frankly. Um, I just I'm, I, I just think that original picture is just one of the funniest things I've ever seen. It's awesome. It's awesome in how shit it is. You know? Um... Getting off this topic, because I could spend forever on it, Pamela Liffield resigned as DC Comics' big boss. Um, she was in charge of the whole thing. Oh, no. Yeah, I know. It's, it's, <laughs> I, I believe she may have been the one, Rich, who was like, Nubia is my favourite character. I read so many Nubia stories. Remember, we've often commented that was only about two <laughs> stories ever. That, that was her claim to fame when she first arrived. Nubia. I'm just going to... She goes, all I grew up on was reading Nubia stories. And you're like, oh, wow, all two issues? Gee, what, just again and again? <laughs> just, like, round the clock, just says two? You know, it's funny, because no one else remembers her. Oh, yeah, in my household, you, 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 I mean, yeah, you had Supergirl, but fuck her, we had Nubia. Oh, right, okay. Yeah, sure. Nubia. I'm sure, I, I'm sure you're not lying. <laughs> I'm sure, I'm sure you're not... Like, can we get the lie detector on this? <laughs> now, uh, Marvel... Are releasing a Godzilla omnibus next October. Um, this collects the out of print 24 issues of the Godzilla series from the 70s. This has only been reprinted once in a black and white essential by Doug Munch and Herb Trimpy Rich. 
Mm. I know. Um, <coughs> excuse me for coughing. Um, Drew Race is very excited about this. Now, something I am excited about. Green Lantern, Green Arrow, hard-travelling heroes, Omnibus collects the entire saga for the first time. I was like, really? I feel like I've got it. Um, but this also includes the Mike Grell stuff, which I also have in a separate hardcover, so I don't think I need to buy it. Um, will you buy this whole thing, Rich, in one big omnibus? You're the Green Lantern fan. Uh, Green Lantern. Maybe. I mean, I've got I've got the trades, but I mean, maybe I might look good with my other Green Lantern omnibuses and all that. So, I just want to bring something up. Yeah, maybe, I, maybe. I just, to, I just want to bring something up. Do you remember that time that I said to Chuck Dixon? <laughs> Um, when you would do like an, you're reading an old comic collection, say for example, Green Lantern, Green Arrow. What if when you're reading it, DC put in some stuff from more current stuff? So you might have the Black as Night stuff in it as well. Sort of like ch- changing it up. What would you think about that, Rich? Sort of doing some variations on the original. Chuck wasn't for it. He was like, no, not again. No. No one likes my idea, but I love my idea. I of would love you it. love the idea. I would love it. Like, because I'm like, yeah, kids, guess what? You, you, you've you got your original Green Lantern, Green Arrow. Woohoo! Guess what? Imagine if we made it even more cutting edge and sprinkled in some stuff from Blackest Night. We got some some artists and we, we, we fucking varied shit up. I, and you sort of did a cut and paste approach, Rich, where you're reading an old comic, but it's also got all this modern stuff in it as well. I think it would spin people out. I think it'd be awesome. It'd be, mm. it'd be fun, man. Like, why not? It'd be fun. Like, we're doing it for laughs and for fun, you know? Like, you could get Darkseid in there. Sure. I mean, I wouldn't buy it, but sure. Well, I hope if I'm putting... If you want to have your fun, that's fine. I, I hope I'm putting charge of DC. And we could call it something special, like, you know, Dave's Wacky Line. Anything can happen. Dave's uh, Wacky to Packy. You're like, yeah... You remember, you remember um, Doomsday versus Superman, the death of Superman? Yeah. Imagine if Batman came in with a hell suit. Woohoo! And then he did, you know, did some extra pages of that. Oh, God. No, I'm using it as an example. Uh, I'm using it no, as an no. example. I'm using it as an example. Like, no. Yeah, but like changing shit up a bit more, Rich. Do you see what I'm saying? Because think about this. We're addicted to nostalgia. Yeah. It, like, this whole industry is running on nostalgia. It's running on fumes. What I'm saying is, get some artist, like an Ivan Reyes, like a really top-caliber artist, to insert some new pages in the old stories. Broadening them out a bit, man. Providing more linkage to the current DC, some time travel shenanigans, Rich. Perhaps. What about that, man? What about mm. Parallax showing up? Wow. It just sounds like a just sounds like a weird, crappy fever dream. I'm sorry, man. I'm like, loving it, man. This is the kind maybe of stuff. You it. Maybe you had some sort of fucking fever dream, and you just think it's some awesome idea you've oh. had. Maybe it's just some ravings of a lunatic. Uh, I just want you to know that I think it's fucking greatness. You know, just but be- just okay. be- between you and me, I think I want something. I think when I pitched it to Chuck at first, he was like, "What? What's Dave talking about?" Because what I was saying is like when he goes on to the my example to him was like when, he, when, when Bruce Wayne's floating through the caverns, why not when he comes up there, does he have some inscriptions from the Grant Morrison stuff on the walls? You know? Quite subtle, Rich. 
You know, they can do shit like that, man. <laughs> We've had this conversation before, Dave. No. <laughs> yeah, but I'm coming back to it because I'm. No, not... because you know what? You're making the same fucking stupid mistake that George Lucas made. <laughs> right? You made the thing, stop going back and, and making these tweaks and these changes to it, mm. and let me just enjoy the, you know. The original. The, the original thing, the way it was intended. I don't care if you made it in 1970. I don't need it to look like 1990 or year 2000, okay? Sure. Like, I, I don't care that, oh, but that story cut it. I don't give a shit. That's just the way it is. You, yeah, the whole thing about how he, used to, he kept changing who shot first and all that shit. Like, it's like... Yeah, and that's the same thing that you're advocating for right now. Yeah, I know. Is, Going back and making these changes and editing, and I'm not for it, mate. I'm all for it, man. I'm all for it, man. I think it'd be great. I hope they put me in charge of DC. I reckon I'm a pretty good chance. I've got my application in. <laughs> you can't do worse. And exactly. Uh, now, we're only going to do one weekly comic this week, and then we're going to wrap it up because uh, my voice is starting to go. The Return of Superman, the 30th anniversary. Uh, this was Empty Nostalgia. Such a woeful setup to tell the flashbacks. Uh... The flashbacks were kind of enjoyable. The heavy-handed worship writing at the end made me feel sick. Uh, the whole thing was quite sickening, but it did make me want to dig out my original Superman, Return of Superman omnibus. So in that case, I guess it's an effective ad, Rich, for, 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 for the omnibus? I think, well, yeah, I mean, I honestly saw this as basically a... <sighs> giving someone a reason to be like there and go, oh, maybe I should go back and read this. You know, maybe yeah. I never read The Death of Man or I'm just new to comics or something like that and yeah, giving yeah. you, because I really like that they got the original teams yes. to do the flashbacks as well. So what happens when when they're talking about Steel, then it's the artist and the writer that did Steel back in the day. When they're doing Superboy, it's the writer and the artist and so on and so on. And... You know, uh, Dan Jurgens. I wouldn't say this is his best work, um, especially when he's in the modern time, but my fucking God, is there a big discrepancy between the flashback art and the and the and the the current timeline art? Oh, yeah. So the current timeline art is, is done by God I fucking can't remember the name now, I should have probably kept it handy. Um is some new artist, right? And yeah. while the art isn't like technically terrible as in you know it's not like it's not great proportions or people don't have faces or you know uh, <coughs> noses that are out of whack or anything everything just feels so <coughs> sterile and Travis Moore um, Travis Moore I believe is the yeah. and uh, when, when people are talking their mouths and their faces do not change expressions like everyone just has this dead look on their face and then when you look at the other stuff um Everyone's like their mouths are open. Yeah, people are shouting. They pull in faces. They're like st- and but, and I thought to myself, that is what is missing from comics today. Is that <sighs> back in the day, comic book artists had their own style. They had their own flair. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Yes. Does it look like realistic? Fuck no. I don't read comics for realism though. Yeah. You know what I mean? Um, I don't. Uh, uh, these artists today, they're just like, everyone has the same sort of generic shape and totally. and all that sort of stuff. Like, I was just reading this thing, and man, yeah, it made me nostalgic for the 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 death and the return yeah, of the, Superman yeah, and all that. Because again, they were smart enough to use the actual writers <sighs> and artists um, and not get someone else to do it. Oh, yeah. But Jesus, when they 
when that goes back to the art of the current storyline, you know what I mean? Because what's happening in this is Cyborg Superman is back. Yes. And he's 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 attacking Star Labs, and what the heroes don't know is he's trying to get the DNA of his three friends. He wants to try and clone yes. them or replicate them or something like that um, to bring them back. Um, and uh, the other three steal Superboy and... Um, Eradicator. Eradicator are sort of like fighting him. But while that's happening, um, uh, Lois is sort of reading from Perry White's sort of notebook mm -hmm. of when he first met them. And I was like, okay, that's pretty cool. I like that, you know, because he's on the beat. He's doing his research yeah, and stuff. Yeah, it was, it was fun to see Perry White around and about on the beat. Yeah. And so what happened is like when they when she's reading the book, then it goes to the flashback. And that's when the art gets really good. Totally. Yeah. Like, when they do the flashbacks, you're like, man, this is how comics used to look, man. This is oh, it's how fun. comics used to the, be. The flashbacks are all fun. Back, and then it comes back to the current because it's, it's interwoven. Yeah. And you go, oh, we're back. Well, my feeling of the art was similar to how I felt about the new Krypton art. In that it's just very... It's different oh, style. This is, this is worse than the it new is Krypton, worse. though. This almost feels like... Um, it, corporate art where they're doing a presentation and there's no real background. It's just these characters that look really artificial because they're only there to be corporate, like, you know, shills for their little presentation kind of thing, if you know what I mean. You know the little animatronics they do? This is what this art felt like. Just devoid of any personality whatsoever. Very static. Mm -hmm. Very static. Not the illusion of movement because obviously we can't get real movement in comics, but there's the illusion of it. Whereas this felt... Like watching freeze frame photographs. Yeah, there's definitely the quote unquote the illusion of it. Mm. Um, that that's for sure, and and that's what you. If you want to be a comic book artist, you you've got to learn to to um, you've got to have motion. Even you've got to try and do something interesting with, even when people are talking. Yeah, I know. Even if it just means that like someone is slightly raised in their voice, but you draw it in a way where you're like they got their finger up. You know what I mean? Yeah. And they yeah. They, 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 you know what I mean? And they look like they, you know, they're angry or they're yelling, you know what I mean? Or you've got to have someone pull in a face and sure. throw in their arms up in the air or some shit. Like, but this, everyone's just like, hello there, how are you? No, yeah, I'm, fine. I'm a robot. I'm a mannequin. I can't really talk yeah. and move my mouth and yeah. my face and uh, all the Botox. It's like, it's like so fucking Lois lame, has man. never looked more boring, you know? Um, it's just, yeah, no, I agree. And uh, ironically, I'm giving it six and a half because I quite enjoyed the flashbacks, you know? And I oh, enjoyed the flashbacks was what made it, man, that made it. Yeah. And I enjoyed seeing um I enjoyed seeing uh Perry White out and about and uh, that was all fun. So it was a real big mixed bag. Uh I did but what what I wanted to say to any on any of the listeners if you haven't read it, if you want to get a uh, if you want to pick up an issue that is a perfect example of the difference between uh, comic from uh, art from the nineties and like the two thousand and today, if you mm. want to see that stock difference in one book, mm. you know what I mean. Not try and get to one book where it's the same characters, it's the same whatever. This book, as I said, to you, I, I messaged that to you when I was reading it. Mm. I was like, this book is a perfect example of why I hate modern comic book art. <laughs> sure. Yeah. So yeah. yeah, check it out if you want to just see what how you know, the difference, the juxtaposition between the two. Yeah, definitely. Um, I'm giving it 6.5 out of 10. What are you giving it, Rich? Oh, for me, it's a 7.5, just yeah. because um, of the flashbacks. Like, 
they carry that book, man. Yeah, no, they do. They do a lot of the heavy lifting. Well, look, um, that's all we're going to do for this show. My voice is, is basically just going. Yeah, well, we'll take it slow. We'll let you ease back into it. Yeah, but I've enjoyed being back, man, and great, great to great to chat. Uh, obviously, a uh, huge game this week, and we'll be re- we'll be recovering from that and discussing that on Friday night. Um, Australia vs South Africa doesn't get bigger in a World Cup semi-final. I think that's on Thursday, isn't it? Thursday night, yeah, Thursday night, uh, and we'll cover it on the Friday though on the show. We can we can talk about it um, the Friday night, but uh, Thursday night, yes, is the is the game. Wednesday, uh, New Zealand play India. I, I pray New Zealand can pull off an upset. Oh God, I I swear to God, I wanted, I wanted us to beat India so bad mm. because I was really because I was saying to you like, oh, if if we make it into the finals, we should you know. Um, have a cricket night and all that sort of stuff, but sure. um, oh, it didn't happen. Oh, it didn't happen, and I'm not 100% healthy yet, but don't worry, we'll catch up. Um, but yeah, I want to also thank the listeners for their patience. Um, we'll be back. I'll be I'll be a lot healthier by Friday. I think, I, I think I've done okay tonight. I think my voice has held up reasonably well. I'm sorry for all the coughing, but hey, you know, it is what it is. Uh, Rich still doesn't like, like my idea about changing the old stories for just basically... Awful. Woeful. You should be ashamed of yourself, actually. I'm not ashamed of myself, and if anything, I'm more enthusiastic than ever. I, I'm just waiting for that one creator who agrees with me. I, I need to pitch it. Like, right now, no one agrees, apart from me. You know, I'm counting myself as the one person who agrees with me. Um, apart from that, I can't think of anyone who's ever thought it's a good idea, but I just need someone who's wacky enough. Because my attitude is fuck it anyway. It's all fictional, so why not ramp it the fuck up? You know? That's yeah, but my... everything's fictional. That's not an excuse, Dave. I don't care. It's my excuse. Um, Rich, anything you'd like to say to the audience? You know, uh, you've obviously got a, a big lunch no, riding on to, this I'm just good, good to be back. Good to be back. Sure. Um, it's, uh, yeah, it's, it was weird not doing the show for... Um, a number of weeks. Uh, for for quite yeah, I felt like we hadn't done it in a month. It was less than that, but I'm saying it felt. It was only slightly less than a month. It was about three weeks, I think. Yeah. Um, now, what was I going to say? I had something to say. Um, oh yeah, the Patreon. Look, we've had new Patreon people join up. Thank you so much to all our new patrons and all our all our old Patreons. I really appreciate it. Goes towards show running costs. If you want to support Signal, um, Patreon.com/signalofdoom. For little as a dollar per month, you can help the cause, and it's much appreciated. Rich and I are going to do a cinema of doom for Napoleon, um, and yeah, I'm hoping Napoleon wins this one. Basically, um, you know. Well, I won't spoil it for you, Dave. Bit of revisionist history there. Um, you know, the South will rise again. Um, yeah, I just want to say thank you and good night. Good night. Great show, Rich. 